Uh, aloha, everybody. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Kaimi Pelekai. I'm a fire captain with the Honolulu Fire Department. I've been a fireman for 20 years. Uh, my father was a fireman for 37. So this uh, career of service to our community is a part of who I am and a part of who a lot of people who serve in our first responders, uh, first responder jobs are. So when this mandate came out five days ago, it, it created a lot of harm and hurt in our first responder community. To me, it, it didn't put an experimental drug in your body that you don't have enough information about to make an informed decision, or you didn't get <clears throat> an approved religious or medical exemption. In the next 10 days, it literally said, you could be fired. I spent the last 20 years of my life and 37 years watching my dad do this job. And because I didn't want to put an experimental drug in my body, I got to give that all up. I got to choose between my personal freedom and, and I'm talking, not just talking about me, but people who are first responders like me who love our jobs, who love the people of Honolulu. And I, and I know the people of Honolulu, I know, you, you know, it's not your guys' fault. You're not doing this to us. And, and you don't have to worry. We're going to show up every day. If they're going to fire us, they're going to fire us. And that's up, up to them. Well, we'll be there for you. We will be at work, don't worry. If we're not there, it's because of them. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today, and I apologize for continuing to use the wrong opening. <laughs> it probably confuses people. The opening I tend to use on my, in my interviews, I've been, the last few shows I keep accidentally using that, but th that opening I chose to use again from the opening I had with the recent interview I did with Shelby, which I'll, I'll point at in the show today. More than even before, it's very relevant today, seeing as how we're going to actually talk about COVID-19, or rather the injections related to that, or, or even more specifically that, but also the FDA overlap with ivermectin, which is not new. It's been out for, I don't know, a couple of weeks or more, but I haven't seen a lot of focus on it. And I went through the entire thing, and I found a lot more in this FDA, basically with the, the FDA lawyer discussing ivermectin as they're, as they're being sued. And the things that they say... Almost, I mean, the main point that has been circulating is that they're they're admitting, which we always should have known, that doctors always had the legal right to prescribe to prescribe ivermectin off label, and they are forced to admit this grudgingly in this in this back and forth between the judges and the circuit court and and the FDA attorney. 
But that's not okay because there's already people that have been arrested or lost their jobs. Who, I mean, any number of things under the idea that ivermectin was not allowed somehow. But even more than that, in this conversation, the judge forces this FDA attorney to, to state openly that they're not accountable if they're wrong. That it would include, by the way, if they're lying. But of course, that's completely, you're not allowed to suggest that they would lie. But think about how crazy that is. So we're going to talk about that to start a little bit about Twitter and, and really kind of the the engineered flow of information, as I've talked about a lot, but also kind of this overlap of the way that we are as a species, as human, human beings, that we're very herd animals or very much like herd animals. And the idea that we are cowed by what other people think and whether we're allowed to do certain things. We recently referenced that uh, the video of people in an elevator. It was like a joke, sh- like a practical joke show. And very quickly, the idea is that everybody is involved except this one girl, but the elevator's packed and everybody's facing the wrong direction. And she's facing the front, but they're all facing the back of the elevator. And the long story short, over the process of people coming on and off, all working for the joke show and talking amongst each other, all looking at the back, she eventually just turns around and faces the back of the elevator, which is just loon. It's, it's lunacy. I mean, why you would give in just because it's crazy. But my point is that overall, we see this happening a lot with social media, with the way we perceive our political sides. It's, it's, it's intense. And we're going to go over some things that overlap with Twitter and also, you know, just in general, the way we're engineered this way and why that's important to the bigger discussion for all these things, COVID-19, East Palestine, which we'll also talk about today, just very briefly, it's getting worse in East Palestine. If you can actually make sense of that, it's getting worse. And this, there's, the tests are showing that. So we're going to make a quick point to make sure we don't, that doesn't get lost in the mix. But as I said, we're going to talk about the FDA point, ivermectin, remdesivir, but the whole latter half of the show is going to be focused on Maui and more developments, more important stuff. We have a quick uh, a point of, of uh, basically Shelby from, as I can get it out of my mouth, Shelby from Injected is going to kind of being serving as a T-Lab correspondent at the moment. And she, we connected earlier for a very quick update on what she was seeing, and we can expect more of that. It's, it's pretty incredible what's going on there. All of the possible thoughts, thought, you know, I was going to say conspiracy. What's funny is people seem to push back on the word conspiracy today, even though conspiracy means exactly what it actually means. But it's, it, it's not a bad thing to say that we're, you know, conspiracy aside, because what I'm saying is the idea that people are conspiring to manipulate. Not that that means the fake story aside, but it's weird the way that that's even been planted in our minds. So when I say that the conspiracy aside, I mean like the legitimate concern about how people are conspiring to steal land, but all of that stuff aside, what's going on in Maui is just, it's obvious there's something wrong there. There's something going on. It just, from on the ground testimony, the people that are there, what they're seeing, the amount of death that's being reported, the way the media is being not allowed to, to even get on scene or report, it's, it's, there's something wrong. And it could very well just be corrupt corporate in, you know, or, you know, individuals as well, but corporate efforts to take the land and real estate sharks stepping in. But something tells me it's more than that with all the stuff that we found. But either way, it's just incredible to watch how it's being covered. So we're going to go through all this today, continue to break it all down, source material as always. But to start off today, what I was thinking about in general, you know, as I said, we're herd animals. And this is really clearly exploited by the powers that wish they were and anybody that can sees a way to do that. The two-party paradigm, the, the screaming pundits on either side of that illusion that keep people in line. And really what I see more than anything today, pardon me, <clears throat> is people that are 
essentially countering views to scare people away or in the direction of what they want people to think. It's a very strange thing. And I know you've all seen this, for example, like to make it kind of a funny thing, like I could something completely inane, like I could jump on and say, hey, it's a great day today. It is a beautiful day. And somebody somewhere will say, well, what about yesterday? Yesterday was great, too. Are you hiding that? And as much as that's kind of a joke, we see that happen all the time, like because somebody doesn't mention or they go in the wrong direction. Well, you're hiding the other thing. I mean, literally, I could say, well, yeah, yesterday was great, too. And they'd say, what about last week? You hiding last week? (laughs) And you get the point. And I think this happens a lot where we're being cowed, maybe by bots, maybe by people that don't know any better. But or, or, for example, things that happen all the time, like people will jump in a chat and say, I've been following you for years and I now can tell you're a liar. I'm unfollowing. Anybody that's been doing this long enough has seen that. And not, it could be real, I guess, but not because it's real, but because there are people that are just who you've never seen. Nobody in the chat's ever seen there before. And they just want people to think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with this guy. And some people fall for it. Right. Ask what you obviously ask if it's true. Think about it. But realize that there are people out there trying to kind of engineer the way that you see the world. And I think that's really important to think about. We'll start with this clip that I thought was really, really telling. Bernie's tweets doing a great job, as always, says working together against ordinary people. The World Economic Forum. I agree with that. It says the elites across the world trust each other more and more. The bad news is that every single country, every single country, the majority of people trusted the elite less. Now, really what they are is elitists. They call themselves elite, which is pretty incredible, but they're elitists, which means the opposite. It means they think they're elite, but typically not. They see themselves as better than you. But listen to this statement and think about what this means. And the fact that she, just this, to her, this is a problem. They're not trusting their betters. How are we ever going to do anything if they don't listen to what we want them to do? That's what she's saying. Uh, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. That's so alarming. we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. <laughs> the bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. So we can lead, but... Right. So what does this tell you? Democracy? Does it sound like democracy to you? (laughs) Right? The majority of people don't trust them? That's not democracy, is it? (laughs) That's the exact opposite. That means most people are very wary of what this is and what they're doing, but they don't need you. They don't care about what you think. Not your government, not the global elite. They don't. This is pretty clear by now, I would hope. But think about what then. So their problem is that you no longer blindly follow. That's the problem. And I just think it's that's a very positive note that I'm seeing, that people are standing back and saying, wait a minute, something's wrong. So all that's going to happen is what I was talking about to begin with. And then everything else they're doing, but they're going to ramp this up. They're going to try to drive their two-party illusion politics or, you know, outside the U.S., different just division politics to drive people into a position that they can use against you. If we can't recognize by now this is like the, the definition of government, then I don't think you want to see it. Let's put it that way. But here's another great example. Scott Ritter shared this. The poster child of CIA insanity. This organization has no legitimate reason to exist. He's talking about the CIA. And Morell makes my case. If you're watching this and nodding in agreement with what this lunatic is saying, you're the problem, not the solution. This is actually pretty crazy. This is not an extremely new clip, but the point is that he's saying on the record everything that we know that they say is never true. 
that they act in their own interest with life be damned, even in the, even, even ultimately punitive. Like, we want to just act so we murder their people and so they can see what will happen if they don't do what we want. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's quite literally what he's saying here. And it's because I don't I know, honestly know why he would say it. They want you to hear it, obviously, otherwise it wouldn't be said. Probably just so you get so you realize that you know don't push against these people. But think about what this really means. And this is the truth, guys. This is what's happening. And don't don't for, don't miss that the world is very aware of this outside of the controlled structure of the United States manipulated media. We need to make the the Iranians pay a price in Syria. We need to make the Russians pay a price. Now that's not because they're breaking the law or doing anything wrong. Seeing as how they're literally allowed to be there as allies, but it's because they go, "Oh, we call you bad guy," and you can even think that they're bad guy, whatever that stupid thing means. But what he's saying is that because they are taking and occupying, or rather, working alongside allies in ways that we don't want them to be. Right? We wanted Syria. We can't let them have allies here, so we're going to make them pay for it. Simple as that. The other okay, thing I would need, do, we make them pay the price by killing, killing Russians. Yes, right. Not yeah. killing military. Iranians. Yes. Anybody, covertly. So the, you don't tell the world about it, right? You don't stand up at the Pentagon and say we did this, right? But you make sure they know it in Moscow but, and Tehran. The people who, Here's the other thing I want to do. Here's the other thing I want to do. I want to go after. I want to go after those things that Assad sees as his personal power base. Right. I want to scare Assad. So I want to I want to um, go after his presidential guard. I want to bomb his offices in the middle of the night. Well, that presidential guard. So did they break the law or they're doing something wrong? No, you just want to murder innocent people because you want to make a point. This is what they do. Not just the CIA. This is what governments do. Clearly, I'm talking about the U.S. government here, but let's not make it only about the U.S. government. Clearly, this is what governments do. We need to be real about this. That's alarming, right? I mean, just the idea. And let's not forget, guys, as much as all the garbage is spun up by the two-party paradigm, pretty much both sides of it, typically on the same side with war, and your government and agencies, despite what they say, Assad is like one of the most popular politicians I've ever seen, especially with the Syrian people. Same thing with Putin, for that matter. It's not to say good guy, bad guy. It's just simply being able to acknowledge a fact that might make you feel like you're challenging your two-party paradigm team sport politics game. Just simply the reality, though happened about two years ago as you remember when his brother-in-law was i want to destroy his presidential aircraft on the ground i want to destroy his presidential helicopters um i want to make him think we're coming after him right they are um i'm not advocating assassinating him i'm not lindsey graham has probably 13 times i'm exaggerating at least twice that i've seen openly somebody take that guy out I am not advocating that. I'm advocating going after the, what he thinks is his power base, right, and what he needs to survive. I want him to think about um, this is not going to end well for me, right? Mm. Um, I want to I put pressure on him. I want to put pressure on the Iranians. I want to put pressure on the Russians um, to come to that diplomatic side. Oh, right, right. Cause so, so you want to carry out illegal action, which all of that is wildly illegal. That they would, they would cry foul and clutch their pearls if anything even remotely happened like that anywhere else. And usually they just say it happens with no evidence and do the same thing. But the point is that that is all – why? Well, because we are a good guy. Therefore, what we do doesn't matter as long as we can claim what we did led to freedom that we never really see materialize. Right? Look at Libya, full of freedom. Look at Afghanistan, full of freedom. See, I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. Iraq, 
just over brimming with freedom. Bro, the point is that the only things they have that are actually considered free, the things that aren't tied and under the boot of the U.S. government that is occupying these territories. Ask Niger how they felt, why what's happening there or the governments of these countries that are pushing out the West because they are completely stealing like everything that they have of worth in these countries, forcing them to only export the things that they the, the Western countries need. And only allowing them to, or excuse me, only exp, yeah, what they need, only allowed to import everything that they need. They can't grow their own food. I mean, this is basic foreign policy. So what happens is when they're not allowed or when they push back, well, they go, well, you're going to starve now. Well, the good thing is they have other support in the area. But the bottom line is this is the kind of stuff that we see. It's openly pointed out. They don't care. They want people to know this, but they want the people that are lackeys and supporting them, the screaming pundits on either side of the two-party illusion, to say you're crazy for thinking that. That's it. They want you to know. They just want you to be afraid to say it out loud. You see how that works? Now, here's another interesting point. Wittgenstein points out, ever since COVID, it should be okay to question the mass consensus scientific narrative. Yeah. What I said is not only was it always okay, doing so is paramount. I'm not saying ignore or disregard. But question, always, honestly consider, but thoroughly question. Questioning and dismissing, getting intentionally conflated. That's happening every day. One is intelligent, the other is ignorance. Be intelligent. Question everything. The idea that acting like questioning is somehow the idea that you're dismissing things because you the, the exact opposite. The people that are not questioning them are the ones dismissing everything else. It's funny how that works, right? It's this complete inverse of reality. It's everywhere. Question everything, be open to all possibilities. It's not just COVID, guys. It just opened people's minds. We should have always been doing this. Five times, five times August points something hilarious out. It just shows you the fact that people are being cowed along at whatever moment they need you to move. As he says, the science, trademark, was perfectly clear, people. Perfectly clear. And he shows a bunch of these ridiculous posts, all from like pretty much the same time frame. It says the unvaccinated were three or 11 or 40 or 97 times more likely to die of COVID which we had 99.9% chance to survive anyway, or really far more than that when you realize that it's dramatically less than the flu for 94% of the population pre-vaccination, according to the leading peer-reviewed science on the topic. But fake news though, right? The point is you can see all these posts from September 2021, from November 2021, all really around the same time frame. CDC finds unvaccinated 11 times more likely. That's interesting. Jumping over here, latest CDC data, 97 more times. Okay, wait a minute. How does that even possibly make sense? Well, it's probably some fudge of the, of the data or they're lying or you can come to your own conclusions about it. What we know for sure is that these four things can't be simultaneously possible at the exact same moment. Just can't. But it doesn't matter. Spira points something important out, which brings us into the, the Twitter, rather just the social media sphere of all this, which is where this is happening more than anything. And it really overlaps in my mind with what we'll get into in the Maui conversation, which is just more than I've ever seen ever. I, I mean, I'm, I've been doing this long enough to be able to see these, you know, the Paradise Fire, these, but not even just the fire conversation, any of these conversations. Personally, maybe I'm wrong. I have never seen this much blatantly false misinformation, lies, outright, I mean, just everything. I mean, everywhere. I, th I genuinely think this is not people just not caring or people that are just lazy. Or pe I mean, that's some of it for sure. I, I very much think this is by design. That's my opinion. I'm not saying I have receipts to prove that, but I very much think that we're being led down this path so they can go, see, this is what happens when people have free speech. That's the kind of thing we're seeing. And you know what? Good. 
That is what happens. But see, the problem is when your your fingers are on the scale and you're flooding the conversation with your control platforms full of absolute lunacy, well, then what happens is you get to point at that illusion. But it's still free speech, though. Just because you make it look as bad as it can get doesn't mean that it's still not free speech and still shall not be infringed and alienable rights. But, you know, it's, it's just funny how that works, right? We'll make it look extra bad. And then, and then can we change your constitutional rights? No. <laughs> no, you can't. It's not your ability. It's not within your power as much as they pretend it is. But my point is that social media platforms like this are leading in this direction, and I think that's by design. But it doesn't mean in any way I'm even remotely suggesting that people should be suppressed or censored or not allowed to say exactly what they think. But Spiro writes, listen to the Elon's World Economic Forum CEO who is running Twitter. When the free speech platform doesn't like what you have to say, and you guys have already heard this for the most part, you'll be shadow banned and demonetized, but without your knowledge, of course. The The awful but lawful. What she says in here is really important, and I'll read my comment afterward. Here's what she says. Positions. We have built brand safety and content moderation tools that have never existed before at this company. All those are for advertisers, marketing, which is not the people using the platform, right? Do we care about that? No, we don't. We care about free speech, and we care about being able to engage in the platform, or any for that matter. But she is a salesman. Right. That's why he hired her. A World Economic Forum vaccine pushing mask wearing lockdown loving <laughs> marketing advertising CEO. And we've introduced a new policy to your specific point about hate speech called freedom of speech, not reach. So that's not freedom of speech then. So what you're saying is we're not letting people have freedom of speech because that's what it means. You don't split those things down the middle. You don't take part of something and say, we'll cut this part off, but say you still have the whole thing. Nope, it's not. Freedom of reach is part of freedom of speech. Sam Hussein made this very clear in our interview in the past. They just tried to draw that line because they make people who want to follow along think that, see, we'll just keep calling this incomplete thing over here where we can't say what we want, free speech. And that means we have free speech, right? (laughs) No, it means you just made up a new word for something that's not that and called it that. That's how it works. Hey, we're all Twitter filed now. We just pretend that what we're t- that's, how, that's what it was all about. This is just so infuriating. But lawful but awful or awful but lawful just basically means they're going to decide what they want to remove. It's, this is worse than before. Not reach. So if you're going to post something that's illegal or against the law, you're gone. Zero tolerance. But more importantly... If you are going to post something that is lawful, but it's awful, you get labeled. You no, get labeled. You, see, you see, that's not what's happening, though. You let me know the first time you see some kind of label that says, oh, you're awful. That's not going to happen. I mean, if it does, I'll laugh about it. But I'm still going to promise you that you won't get labeled like that if they don't want you to see that you're being suppressed. That's already happening. We're right now seeing this already happen. There are all sorts of very right-wing people that are being wildly suppressed right now because they dare to talk about the transgender issue or because they dare to point out things about Maui that I think are actually the more correct things while allowing people, like we'll point out in a minute, to spread things that are ridiculous and blatantly incorrect, which, by the way, I'm not saying they should stop that. What I'm saying is they're right now actively suppressing people that aren't even breaking their own rules, but are saying things that are far more valid and provable than some of these ridiculous things people are sharing that aren't. Make sense of that. You get de-amplified, which means it cannot be shared. And it is certainly demonetized. Back to your direct point about... Let me get this straight. You're, you're, You're censoring hate speech. That's not free speech. 
You're reducing people's reach of what they say. That's not free speech. You're demonetizing people. That's just like YouTube. So at what point did this become the free speech bastion of hope that everyone said it was? It never did. This is every single reason we were upset with the past platform or YouTube. It's the same thing. It's just so sad to watch out. This is my point, guys. Being cowed along because Elon said so. Brands. Brand safety. So they are protected from the risk of being next to that content. And it's also why uh, it's really a content that's not breaking their rules, not violating the terms of service and not illegal. Important to note that once a post is labeled and it can't be shared and the user sees that 30 percent of the time they take it down themselves. That's called social engineering, right? If, you're, if, they're, if they're doing something wrong, well, then, like, in regard to your terms of service, then, you, then, or, then by your own account, you can do something about that. So what you're saying is you are going to actively basically suspend and suppress and censor somebody even though they didn't break any rule or terms of service or the law because you don't like it. And then basically hope they do it themselves. So we're in kindergarten. Like that's what they're trying to train. This is ESG. This is all the same stuff. They're trying to mold the world in their image. Like which, I mean, let's, let's pretend like they actually think this is for a better, greater good. Some of them might. That's the illusion we're being sold, even though they're not even saying that really. This is just blatant, guys. Now, here's what I said about this. I, did, I, did you catch the main point in there? Right? She goes, well, if it breaks the law, it's gone. No question. Well, we all know that. But but more importantly, she says, oh, really? So you're, it's more important to, dis, to downgrade lawful, unviolating content as opposed to criminal content? Well, look, maybe she misspoke, but she was said bad, illegal things. But more importantly, it's very clear. She says this so-called lawful but awful content will be suppressed, censored. So to Twitter, according to the CEO, it's more important to suppress content that violates no rules or laws than the ones that do. That's what she said. It's her own words. Anyone defending this is not an honest person. It's ridiculous. Well, here's another interesting one that I think is really important. When asked about the importance of diversity and equity, because that's what all the people on Twitter care about, right? And inclusion. Well, the act here says that she cites the BlackRock CEO, because that's what all the people on Twitter care about, right? We all look up to the CEO, BlackRock, right? The BlackRock CEO, right? How is this even happening? This is completely, it's just, it's, and I'm not trying to say that everyone on Twitter is a right-wing person. I'm just simply saying that that's what they're, they're, everyone's framing it as that. So I, this doesn't make sense unless we're all being cowed along with people that don't care about either. They're just trying to keep us all pacified and divided. Think about it. I think it was the CEO of BlackRock three years ago. So, so before, before the pandemic, before the awful social crisis that he talked about, calling CEOs to attention, right, all over the world, that companies in the private sector had a bigger responsibility to both their employees and their customers to fulfill a gap in society. Oh, okay, so now you're social engineers, right? So now CEOs of major companies somehow have a responsibility to influence the way you live your life. Well, that's what they're telling you. That's what she's telling you. That's what they're all praising. And literally, we see this play out all across the world, right? Some companies are feeling the burn from that, right? Seems like Anna Bush is not doing too well. 
I wonder why. Because you tried to shove something down people's throats that didn't want it because you thought that was what everybody was supposed to, or whether it was being forced on you or whatever. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about CEOs of companies that have nothing to do with social justice or what you think the world should be like and adding something to their wrappers or putting some mantra on what they sell or refusing to sell it in certain places or whatever. But guess what? They'll all sure as hell absolutely use Israel's illegal stolen land and products pushed out of there because they la, 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 I don't want to see what's going on over there because racism, right? That's pretty ridiculous. That's where the BDS comes in. Boycott, divest, and sanction because people are being stolen from and then they're growing things on those land or even just taking the olive fields that are there, olive trees, and just selling those because they stole it from them, right? This is not hard to see, but those things are okay. But we only care about things that we pretend are hurting the environment. It's, it's absolutely absurd. Whatever or not you think that it's right what they're doing, they have no place to do this. These are powerful people coming together with their secret meetings and telling you they're going to decide what people do in the future. That may sound like conspiracy to people, but it is literally on the surface what's happening. So call conspiracy theory all you like. It's just, it's just conspiracy. That it was once assumed that the government would provide for people. So it was Ooh. a call, you used the word, to service. Who, who assumed that? Well, people that are being raised and engineered to think that. But, you know, this country was founded on the exact opposite. They get the hell out of your life and let you do what you want within the law, of course. The, to frame this, like, we always were raised to think the government would take care of you. That's like saying they gave you constitutional rights. These are manipulators, guys. I would say it was also called to purpose, right? Ooh. So we had a responsibility to impact culture for the good. And the bottom line is, when you have those priorities and values as a company, it's good for business. No, it's in fact, it's not, actually. It's the literal opposite of business of good for business because you're forcing people off your platforms. You're forcing people to think things they don't want to think. At the very least, you're going to ostracize some of your of your actual base. Look at Gillette. Look at Anheuser-Busch. Look at the, that's what this is related to. It inspires your employee population to want to be proud they're proud to work at your company they bring other good people to your company but it's also good for the bottom line no it's not it's the opposite but they don't bring other good they bring people that are brainwashed by their ideology and those are good people to them that's what she's talking about that's scary this 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 whole thing is ridiculous when i go back too far there we go i think that was it now and on twitter they're still being censored all over the place. Here's somebody we know from the show, the Perpetual Shadow Band. Caught a suspension here for the last, the weakest thing he'd ever did. He told Shank from, uh, or Shank, however you say that stupid name, from uh, Young Turks, I'd like to watch him mud wrestle with Chris Christie. That's it. Ban was immediate. Count locked. That's ridiculous. Is that, I mean, there are, there are literal people on this platform that are screaming to murder Russians, but oh, he can't it joke about these people mud wrestling. I mean, it's just, it's just broken, guys. Here, this person is saying, why are my videos being blocked now? Even I can't view my own content. These are real videos filmed by real pilots. They're not edited, no CGI. No, it's this person's opinion, but does it even matter? At what point are they the arbiters of truth? You know, they're the ones telling you they're not doing that. They're, they're just going to, well, just suppress it if it's awful but lawful. There's no rule or right. So if he, they're, what they're talking about is posting things about geoengineering, which, by the way, we know is happening. But these people are being censored all over the place. And on that same note, just to kind of make something else clear for the 37th time, I want to make sure people really understand that Rumble, for example. Here's Rumble Inc. You can look this up for yourself. I'll include it in the show notes, as always. 
their top two, top two institutional shareholders are Vanguard and BlackRock. Why doesn't that matter to all the people that will ever, you, you even get the hint that they're connected to something else. And, and it's a huge issue for one side of the paradigm, which it should be. I, I'm very concerned about this overlap. But why is this not pointed out by the same people who are all profiting and, and you know, rising to fame on Rumble right now? Well, I'm, this, I made the same point here. He says, well, we will be bringing an antitrust back antitrust laws to prosecute the illegal collusion. Price is, we will. Are you in the courts? Are you going to, you know, ugh, I'll get into some more points about this ridiculous. Anyway, the point is, and racketeering perpetuated by these demons. And he lists MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, right? Why? Because, well, BlackRock owns major parts of these companies. Okay. And I said, well, is Rumble on the list? Crickets. Nothing. Of course not. Of course not. Can't bite the hand that feeds you. Well, this, ladies and gentlemen, is hypocrisy, right? That is a double standard. That's ridiculous. Why would you want to listen to somebody who is going to feed you half-truths? Now, on the note of half-truths, let's talk about FDA, ivermectin. I think this is really important. When I first saw this, there was so much else going on. I kind of put it on the side, and I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to make sure we point to this at some point. But I think we've already very clearly identified ivermectin as something that is the very least very beneficial for a lot of different purposes. And my point's always been, if you want to use it, it should be your prerogative, especially if a doctor wants to prescribe it, they should have that right, which we're now very clearly, we always should have known, but it's now being confirmed by the FDA themselves that yes, they always had that right. And there's a whole bunch of things I'll go over in this clip, them saying that they're, they didn't hurt anybody by these claims or it's, it's just, uh, you, it's worth listening. It's only 49 minutes. It's really crazy. But I have about five or six things we're going to listen to in this breakdown. Thanks for the Epoch Times for calling this out. Doctors can prescribe ivermectin for COVID-19. They say directly, the FDA, and I'll play it for you, explicitly recognizes the doctors do have the authority to prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID-19. Very important. Here, by the way, is where I was able to find this. It took me a minute because it's not linked anywhere. It's not linked in the Epoch Times. It, all they really have is a quote and then no way to really find it. I, that, you know that's not going to work for me. I wouldn't have talked about this if I wasn't able to verify that it was actually said. Here is the actual oral arguments that I had to track down from the United States Courts of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. It actually took me far too long to find this. Here, it, this is a, it's all, only an MP3, which I find very strange, from the Health and Human Services, Ashley Chung, uh, uh, Honold Jared Kelson is her name. That's the FDA attorney. Now here, Chief Nerd shares just the clip so you could actually hear it. I'll just play the full thing when we get there, but then I'm glad that, you know, he put, he included this, but again, there wasn't a link to the full thing, which I'm not sure if you can even include with the downloaded MP3. So I get that, but it's important. Thank you for sharing this. Here's the actual breakdown. So let's get into this and play some of these important clips. Now, what I really think is crazy is, oh, here, I got to move one of these videos. Hold on. What I think is crazy is just how, oh, come on. Oh, whew. I was going to be really mad if I didn't see that somewhere. <laughs> just, anyway, okay, here we go. I just added this background so we could see the, <laughs> the tweet that they're referencing in this, which we remember was very real. You are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. That's what they said. What a ridiculous thing to say. It, it's, this is why they're being sued. It's very clear that they overstepped their mandate. And aside from that, we know that they're lying about a million different things we could point out throughout this entire process. But this is the crux of one of the points they're making, is that they said, stop it. 
So plenty of people went along with that as FDA saying, don't do this. Now, it gets to this overlap about the FDA not being allowed to give advice, that that's the doctor's prerogative. FDA is simply commenting on safe or not, essentially, right? So when they did this, they're rightly pointing out, well, they crossed a line. This gets really interesting. So let's start with uh, 23 minutes here. Regulated medical products are safe and effective. This is so it can say. Now, there's some parts of this that are kind of low, so maybe turn up. It's, it's some of them are super loud and super low. I'm not sure why. So turn it up if you need to. Give recommendations about off-label use based because it's charged by Congress with health. Yes, Your Honor. FDA has inherent authority to further its mission by communicating information to the public about safe uses of drugs. And just to share another example. Last fall, there was a TikTok challenge that encouraged consumers to cook their chicken in NyQuil, in a, in a cough syrup. And FDA put out a statement saying, this is not an FDA-authorized use of the drug. This is an off-label use, and it's not safe. Just, just a quick note on that. I think that's hilarious. Well, first of all, all these ridiculous people on TikTok and elsewhere doing these really stupid things that in some cases I'm sure could be dangerous. But there are kids that'll drink NyQuil bottles. Like <laughs> the idea that you cook this in your chicken, it's such a stupid thing. And I find that hard to believe that that's going to be especially more dangerous than any other thing there. But either way, they're using that as an example to say, see, we can go dangerous. Well, they're not really debating whether or not you can say these things can be dangerous. It's about whether or not something can be used in a certain context. And that's what this really comes down to. Now, really, I got to be honest. I find the part about them saying, yes, you could prescribe it to be the least important part. Because I think we already knew that. Just because people lose their minds in the middle of COVID doesn't mean we need these liars to reassert something we already should have known, which we, I could make a thousand points with that right there across all of COVID-19, whether masks don't work or any of these things. We knew all of this. We got just a bunch of screaming pundits on either side of the two-party illusion that shouted people down that should have known better, right? But my point is that's important because she said it, but I find it wildly more important that they're telling you that they're not accountable for that lie. FDA has to be able to make these kinds of statements these kinds of public safety statements. And under plaintiff's theory, FDA would not be able to communicate to the public in this way. Is the FDA ever responsible for making these public statements? Can they, if they make statements that are false or grossly misleading or wrong, can they ever be held responsible? Or are they allowed to make statements, whatever statements they want, uh, without any um, oversight or um, ability to, to, to come against the FDA? Are they immunized for the, all of their statements? Interesting choice of word there. And just so you guys know, you're going to hear multiple voices, and it's, it's the circuit court, so it's multiple judges, and they're asking different questions, just so you know. And then there's a man's voice to hear. Uh, I'll point out when you hear him that is, the, that is the, one of the people, I believe, that's speaking on behalf of the people suing the FDA. So the person asking the question right there is the judge. Are you, are you held accountable, essentially, she's asking? Not immunized. Well, I thought that we're here for sovereign immunity. So, um, so um, can they be held responsible when they make statements, assuming arguendo that statements are grossly misleading, incomplete, like these. factually, scientifically wrong, um, with intent or negligently or grossly negligently or reckless, 
can they be held responsible or liable? Your Honor, it's not the role of the courts to police the statements wow. of an agency charged by Congress with making sure that drugs are safe and effective. So it- that is a ballsy statement. Excuse my crude statement. I mean, it, most judges would not take that kindly. Be like, excuse me? You're going to tell me what my mandate is? Like, most judges don't take that lightly. So that's a, I'm pretty surprised she said that. She's basically saying it's not your, you don't have the right to tell me what we, that's crazy. But I, I think, you know, they don't lose their cool, but the way they go forward from here, it kind of feels like they didn't like that she said that. That's my opinion anyway. Your Honor, it's not the role of the courts to police the statements of an agency charged by Congress with making sure that drugs are safe and effective. So is the answer no, they can't be held responsible? Answer the damn question. What is the answer to the question, please? Can they be held responsible if they make grossly incorrect statements, either due to negligence, recklessness, intentional behavior? Can they be held responsible or not under the law? I'm not asking what's morally right or good. I'm asking what does the law say? The law does not say that it's the role of the courts to police <laughs> the scientific statements of the FDA. So the is the answer hearings. no, they can't be held liable in court, no matter whether their statements are false or true? Is if, that the answer? If that's the answer, then just say it. Your Honor, that's the answer. If- wow. That's crazy, guys. She had to force it out of her. Because clearly she understands what's being stated right there. You are saying under the oath that you are not held responsible if you are grossly negligent with your comments. How is that even possible? Well, first of all, I don't think it is. I think unless it's been contorted into that. But think about what that means. So all of this is hinging on the illusion that these people are honest and altruistic. So if they make a mistake, it's not on purpose. Well, that's ridiculous. We've already shown the revolving door of people like Gottlieb and the rest of them that go from one side of the government into these regula- regulatory, ag- regulatory, regulatory agencies. So if we know that's happening, which it is, the revolving door, which we all joke about, which it shouldn't be joked about, then obviously they can be influenced. They can be bought. They can lie. So what they're saying is now that we, we don't, we're not accountable for that, we can wildly mislead the public and you don't have any legal right to do anything about it. That's what she's saying right there. They can't be held liable in court, no matter whether their statements are false or true. Is that the answer? If that's the answer, then just say it. Your Honor, that's the answer if the statements are merely communicating information to the public. So no matter what the information is, and no matter whether it's false or it leads to Wow. Even deaths. And I'm not saying this case is that. I'm saying hypothetically, they cannot be held liable for if they're giving information out. That's correct. Because so they're allowed to by wow. Congress, but wow. Congress, but someone has immunized them. So here's the point, guys. What the problem, the, the, the crux of the point of what the problem is with that is that they can then say things which the government and the media point at as mandate, even though they'll stand back and go, we, we didn't make anybody. It's like saying the childhood schedule, like they played the game with. Well, the CDC says that they don't mandate it. Well, yeah, but it's how it actually works, though. When it goes in the childhood schedule, they all it trickles down the authority chain. They all do it. They all make sure it's involved in the next mandated thing from their state. 
Same thing here. When the FDA made the statement, it trickled down and people then started forcing that, enforcing that. People lost their jobs because of this. Not even not maybe just this one tweet, but that was the central point they're making. But overall, yes, they made a statement that made it sound like this is bad. They didn't differentiate, you know, horse or not. They simply said, and we all saw this, guys. We saw all of the media making ivermectin is dangerous and you shouldn't be taking it. They weren't saying only horse. They were just saying ivermectin is dangerous. That was because of what the FDA did. And so what they're saying is they're not accountable. It doesn't matter what they say. That's incredible. And this is the way that this is likely set up intentionally. So they just point. It's, it's like the scarecrow. It's some, they point in a different direction, right? No, it's the CDC's fault. No, it's the FDA's fault. No, it's, it's the HHS. What happens? Literally nothing as usual. From being liable. Is it Congress? So, sorry, I'll go back one more time. I want to play. She's asking who made them immune. The FDA immunized them from who immunized being them? liable. Is it Congress? Uh-oh. If the FDA is merely making informational statements, they do have sovereign immunity. There is wow. no waiver of sovereign immunity under the ultra-various doctrine or the APA. Right, so they have sovereign immunity, but not you. Right. Not anybody else they don't like around the world. Right. Who cares? The Donbass. You guys don't have sovereign sovereignty or sovereign immunity. Same, same kind of point we're making here. Right. Like the idea that they're somehow sovereign and protected and they like that what, doesn't apply to us. Yeah, because they're not you. They see these when they talk about the country and the and the you know what we, they talk that they're talking about themselves and their circles, not you. You are people they step on to achieve their goals. If we can't see that by now, we don't want to. There can be circumstances if FDA is issuing formal regulations. These regulations may be challenged under the APA, but that's a different circumstance than what we have here. It would be extraordinary for this court to conclude that FDA needs explicit statutory authority merely to speak to the public. Agencies talk to the public all the time. That's how the government communicates with its constituents. They talk to the press, they go to conferences, and they send speakers to speak on behalf of the agency. They... Right, and if they lie and people die because of it, they're held accountable for it. Issue statements on social media. Or they should Agencies be. Agencies need to be able to speak to the public like this. They have inherent authority to do so under Section 393 of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. And there it is right there. Make sure you look that up. Okay. The point is that they're simply arguing that under this congressional legislation that they are allowed to say what they want, even if they're wrong. That can't be allowed. We already see why. Not even getting in to whether they would do it intentionally. Like just the simple possibility that they could, they could do something, say something, direct an order to something, and then it would be wrong and that they wouldn't have to be accountable for that. Then they have no concern. They'll just say whatever they want, which is exactly the point. Then you can add the possibility of dishonesty, of criminal activity, which clearly is present. And Congress also gave FDA explicit authority to make exactly these kinds of statements in Section 375B mm -hmm. of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and Section 242.0 of the Public Health Services Act. But you can see the FDA has no authority to issue medical advice, correct? That's not arguable, right? Now, this is where it gets into the specific overlap of whether we're talking about saying that can be dangerous, don't cook chicken and NyQuil, or saying you should be taking it like this or not taking it like this. 
which is what we're talking about here. This is where it gets important because they're trying to, you know, just like the Pfizer hearings in Australia, they're trying to walk this line. They're trying to finagle their way through all of this. They're trying to make it, they're trying to avoid liability. An agency that's literally designed to keep you safe is trying to avoid liability from you. (laughs) How much that shows you it's broken. I mean, it's unbelievable. FDA cannot issue medical advice. No, Your Honor, the, the government isn't conceding that in this case. So what she just said there quickly, which they skipped past, is that she's going, well, no, we're not necessarily conceding that we're not allowed to give medical advice, but they're not, though. And that, that's the crux of the point. You believe the FDA does have authority to issue medical advice? The FDA is charged by Congress with making sure that drugs are safe and effective. And hmm. FDA is entitled they're to failing have at a that. view about whether drugs are being used in a way that is safe and effective. And if there are examples in the world, as there were here, of consumers using drugs in ways that were not safe and that were leading to hospitalization, it is not only permissible, it is imperative that the FDA be able to inform the public of its scientific views about safe uses of drugs. Does it matter whether their scientific views or not? Whether they've been tested scientifically or whether they are just views? Does that matter? Mm-hmm. And this gets into the whole point about the fact that the FDA does not do its own research, by and large, and we can prove this, that they mostly get handed information from these companies, which then they research. But it's, that's what happens when Pfizer goes, here's everything. And then we realize that was not even a fraction of 1%. And it turns out, oh, it looks like phase three is actually far more dangerous than nothing. But they, whether the FDA knew that, didn't care, that's for you to decide. But the argument that they have some kind of like what they're doing now is creating the illusion that they're somehow they're verifying doing their own scientific research in the sense of things like that. We already saw this with Pfizer. I'm not saying they don't have scientists or people that are researching, but it's not the way she's making it sound. And that's what they're calling out here. There's nothing in the multiple sources of authority that I cited that require the FDA to go through any sort of formal process. Can they give a dating advice? No formal process? That's exactly. They can just say what they want whenever they want and say science. That Really? Now, I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but what she just said, they could. Wouldn't matter. Her only advice about drugs. Because Congress has charged the FDA with protecting the public health by ensuring that drugs are safe and effective. Um, FDA can give information and advice about drugs. Um, I'm not aware of anything that... uh, But that wouldn't be medical advice, right? You're not not authorized to give medical advice. That was quiet. That's another judge saying, but you're not authorized to give medical advice, which again, I refer you back to the image we're showing and read the actual page, the the title of the actual article, why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. Now, if you have a doctor who is going, I'm prescribing this to you off-label, because you'll hear her tell you that's what they're allowed to do, they're countering that doctor's advice. That what they're allowed to do by the FDA is say, look, we don't think this is safe in in, in these circumstances. But to literally go, you should not use it, that's they cross the line and they know that you can prove it it's right in their own their mandate their documentation all these judges seem to know it how much you want to bet nothing happens sorry to be a pessimist that's how i feel like this goes 
I think the line is, where, where is what's the line between giving advice about drugs, as you put it, and medical advice? There isn't. I think it would be helpful to look at the statutory text of Section 393, if that's what Your Honor is asking about. To start, 393 specifically refers to devices and not to drugs. And, and 396 discusses the authority of a doctor to prescribe. None of FDA's statements here interfered with the authority of doctors to prescribe ivermectin. <laughs> On page 973 See, of the record. And this is where the lies begin more than ever, because they know damn well that because of what they said here and elsewhere in their direction, that doctors lost their jobs for doing what they're legally allowed to do, as she'll admit. But they just wholesale, they just go, nope, we'd had no influence on that. Obviously they did. This is like saying, I can threaten you with your loss of your job, the loss of your children, the loss of your home, everything, but it's your choice to take it. Go ahead and take the shot. You could say no, but you lose everything. It's like, that's not a choice. That's, their, that's a game they're playing. But legally, that's the kind of thing they're trying, because you could make a legal argument. Well, I didn't physically force them. This is the September 2021 article. FDA says, if your health provider writes you an ivermectin prescription, fill it through a legitimate source, such as a pharmacy, and take it exactly as prescribed. On page 974, FDA recommends that consumers talk to their healthcare providers about available COVID treatment options. And they explain that your provider can help you determine the best option for you based on your health history. And then add to that the fact that it was near impossible to get in many states, whether the doctor wanted it or not, because of this. They know that too. On page 976, this is the April 2020 FAQ, FDA advises consumers not to take any medicine to treat or prevent COVID unless it has been prescribed to you by your healthcare provider and acquired from a legitimate source. FDA is clearly acknowledging that doctors have the authority to prescribe human ivermectin to treat COVID. There it is. So they are not interfering with the authority of doctors to prescribe drugs or to practice medicine. I mean, I agree. Which is not true. And the, the point right there is just don't miss it. It was very clear. That there, she, that she says it twice. That's the first time. But the doctors can't prescribe this. But oh, but human, right? Well, that's no. But there, there was not a doctor that I'm aware of that was prescribing horse ivermectin unless they were trying to circumvent the the, the fact that they couldn't find it anywhere and these people needed it. Even then, it's still ivermectin. But I'm not saying I endorse that. I'm just simply saying people like Joe Rogan, for example, did not get horse ivermectin. They had ivermectin. Their doctor prescribed, and they still got framed as a conspiracy theorist. How do you make sense of that? We know because they were framing it as all bad. Both the FDA, even though this post making it sound like horses, they still made statements all over the place about how this was dangerous. It's not, though. And that's what we're finding out today. And even then, they're telling you now, well, they still have the right to do it, but that's not what was happening because of what they said. It's very simple. This is all just a legal sidestep. It's what they're trying to do. Prescribe drugs or to practice medicine. I, mean, I agree. There's plenty of statutory authority that empowers FDA to issue information. I don't think there's any question about that. The question is, is there any colorable authority that authorizes FDA to issue recommendations to provide medical advice beyond information sharing?
Your Honor, FDA does not need to identify any specific statutory authority to simply speak to the public in this way. It does, though. Even if Section 396 did apply here, whatever interfere may mean, it can't mean that FDA is barred from sharing its scientific views about public safety dangers. Ah, scientific. Under plaintiff's theory, FDA would not be able to advise the public that opioids can be highly addictive and dangerous. It would not. No, but see, see, she's, that's ridiculous. Yes, you can say that's dangerous. But to step in and say that you shouldn't be using this with to treat this, that's obviously not the same thing. But see, they're, they're blurring the lines here. And the, the judges clearly see this. Be able to advise the public that they should not cook their chicken in NyQuil because this is not a safe use of a cough syrup. Um, as another example. Okay. If you then said you should not use that NyQuil chicken to treat X, Y, and Z. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's just so blatantly childish what they're doing. And it's very obvious. FDA has issued... A statement explaining that lidocaine, um, a numbing agent, should not be used off-label for teething babies because this can cause seizures and deaths God. in babies. And can you I believe that? Don't use lidocaine because it can cause seizures. But here, here is transgender, you know, hormone blockers. Here's a COVID nineteen shot that's not even like I, I, it is. It's just amazing the kind of things that they will state. Like, so you're worried about Nyquil and and, and Ni- no, Novocaine, which I'm not arguing you should be giving a baby. But that's dangerous, but give them a shot that's not even, it's barely tested properly. It's been shown to be wildly dangerous for us, in particular people in that age range, and is less than the flu for 94%, the thing you claim you're treating. But give them myocarditis because that's okay, right? I mean, it's just so blatantly ridiculous. They're just, and either they don't know that's dangerous, which is scary as hell, or they do, and they don't care, but they care about lidocaine or stopping you from having ivermectin when that will actually have an effect. FDA advised that this was not a safe, off-label use of this drug that it regulates. But when you say, should I take ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19, a answer no. And it doesn't have all those caveats about the prescription and what all of that, because they don't always have the attachments. But the next sentence in that statement says... No, you should not take any drugs unless they've been prescribed to you by your doctor. Um, and just to take a step back, this court has explained in Danos versus Jones that even assuming the ultravariates exception to sovereign immunity is still viable, there is a very high bar for invoking this exception. Plaintiffs must show that the agency was acting without any authority whatsoever or without any color. I'm going to go to 36 here, I think, and finish this. There's one more point I wanted to play. Not support standing here. The Alliance panel concluded that the plaintiff doctors had standing on the grounds that FDA's actions caused those plaintiff doctors to treat certain patients in ways that resulted in harm to the doctors. But here, plaintiffs have not alleged that FDA statements forced them to provide medical care in ways that harmed them. In fact, the allegations in the... Okay, so you think that they didn't allege that the FDA statements caused them a problem? Obviously, Plaintiffs have not alleged that FDA statements forced them to provide medical care in a way that harmed the doctors. Clearly it did. I mean, think about the think about the gall it takes to just pretend that we didn't see this witch hunt against literally every doctor we could talk about. There's doctors that lost their entire practices just for this. I think was it was it 
I don't want to miss. I, was it Corey? Was it uh, Pierre Corey? Was that the one? One of the, I forget one of the ones that we're very familiar with that was you know really what lost their practice because of it. I forget which one. Let me know in the chat if you remember which one. There's more than one, but they know that they're the reason that happened, and now they're trying to pretend they're not responsible, but they're not legally accountable anyway. So what does it matter? In the complaint. You don't you don't disagree that Dr. Bowen suffered reputational injury. No, we don't. Or that Dr. Bowen and Dr. Malik suffered economic injury from losing their jobs. You don't dispute the the fact of their injuries, do you? No, the government is not disputing injury in fact in those examples, but those injuries are not traceable to the FDA statements or redressable by an order declaring FDA statements unlawful. Even if this court concluded that the parts of the statements that said stop it or should or no were unlawful, the remaining parts of the statements that merely provide information um, would still be available and plaintiffs have not shown that it's likely that wow. these third parties would rescind their actions. That- it says why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. I mean, it's so blatantly clear that they overstepped their mandate and they don't care. I mean, really what their argument is, who cares? You can't hold us accountable anyway. So holla, you know, nah, 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 nah. That's what it feels like. Well, judge, you don't have the authority to hold us accountable. That's what's happening. At the very least, we're getting information. Now, there's a second time she says it, but you heard the first one in general. Just that, yes, they have the authority to prescribe ivermectin. How, it, you know, and here, here's the way back machine. You're not a whore, just in case you want to see the, the real post of it. Here's the FDA page where it still shows that same image. Why you should not use ivermectin. It's literally the title of the entire page. <laughs> it's just incredible. But guess what they were pushing? We don't forget. Remember? Remdesivir. Even though you have a New England Journal of Medicine study showing that 50% of the people in the trial that took it died. That's not hyperbole. We've shown you many times. Here's the defender pointing out remdesivir stopped kidney function. According to the science, you can check for yourself. But this trust the science crowd seemed to run screaming from the science that matters in COVID patients. It says, so why did the FDA approve it? For kidney patients. So not only do we have the New England Journal of Medicine showing us that this was deadly before it was pushed on COVID patients or whatever we're talking about, but then even though they saw kidney failure in the COVID patients that took it, they then approved it for kidney patients. I mean, I just, this is either the most corrupt thing in history or they're trying to kill people. I don't understand how this can make sense. Here's Here's another point. In 2021, Gilead had recalled these vials of, remdesivir because of glass shard contamination but still give them that one the reason i bring this up is because this is what's being shown now this is from uh today actually yeah yesterday the defender lawsuit alleges covid patient died from the cure not from the disease after receiving contaminated remdesivir so you see guys it's not the problem of the drug it was just a contaminated batch so just move on and take it again later you know safe and effective right that's how they're basically doing that with the entire COVID narrative. No, no, no. It was the vaccine technology. We made a mistake. Probably Trump's fault. But let's move forward and keep doing it again because it was, you know, the vaccine research was the proximate cause, says Dave, uh, um, Robert Cadleck, who nobody should trust. <laughs> it's it's gain of function. It's not vaccine research. And the point is they're going, well, we made a mistake. Oops, sorry, I killed everybody. We're just going to keep going forward, though, and we'll make it better. People are taking it. Not everybody. In fact, I think it's a slim minority but the ones that scream the loudest.
the ones that are screaming on the left-right paradigm. And sometimes that drives the bus, guys. Well, if you want to read into this, you should. I'm, I'm going to do a, probably a focus on this going forward if I, you know, if, depending on how the story's going in the next week or so. But uh, Brownstone Institute, you should obviously be following. This is written by uh, Jillian Gillespie. Uh, Gillespie? I feel like I'm saying anyway, I feel like I've said it differently. Uh, Julie Slayton, and it's basically talking about the DNA contamination. The Vax gene files. This is specifically given a big shout out to Kevin McKernan and the, you know, basically finding this DNA contamination, which he did. And now it's being proven left and right. It's alarming. And it opens up a whole new avenue of how these things are dangerous. So you should check this out. Just so you know what we're talking about. Now, here's the telegraph. This is from today. We're baffled, guys. We're so baffled. Heart attacks at record levels after the pandemic because it's the pandemic, right? Hospital cases at new high as health chiefs raise fears that those with symptoms are failing to seek help. It's your fault, you stupid patient. Why didn't you come get help? It's not the heart heart attack causing shot that we've all admitted can cause heart attacks or myocarditis or blood clots or 15 other things that affect your heart. It's not that thing because that'd be crazy. That would be conspiracy theory. It's this completely unverifiable broad concept that people didn't do things during the pandemic, which led to exactly the thing being caused by the shot that we're not admitting. That makes sense, right? Just shut up about it, guys. It's totally the pandemic that we're going to pretend. I mean, it's just so mind-blowing that this is still happening, right? As Katie says, or climate change. That's why. I mean, my God. I mean, I was going to read some of this, but what? It's just, it's just so stupid, guys. It's so blatantly obvious what's happening. And I'm not saying that because I'm assuming. I'm saying because we can prove the overwhelming amount of. I mean, what we're it's one in thirty-five myocarditis. That's coming from peer-reviewed science. That's being admitted in front of the of the of uh, the Australian Congress. One in thirty-five. Even what they're trying to push back on by saying one in th- uh, three thousand or one thousand. That's crazy. We're being told one in a million before this starts. Now we're going, no, you're wrong. It's one in 3,000. Okay, well, that's crazy. That is a net harm. In, along with a lot of other things you could argue are net. The point is this shot is killing people, guys. It's not helpful for anybody. It's time we just be honest about that. Oh, and the, well, yeah, I was going to read through it. One of the points they make in here is by saying, well, they're, they're trying to make their point by saying, well, they all missed their, their appointments. That's why. Right. Ever since the first lockdown, people missed their appointments. And that's why this is all happening. They're trying to tell you the record level, almost 100,000 more, wherever the number is in here. It's right here. They're saying they saw 100,000 extra deaths that aren't COVID between this time frame. And then they point to the link and say, it's all because of this one problem. But guess what that very article they link to says? Well, half a million people in the UK missed out on drugs to prevent strokes and heart attacks. Scientists say that could be at least 13,000. Oops. Well, wait a minute. You're over here going, it's all because of this, but it's 100,000. But your own article says that's a 13,000. Huh. How's that work out? Where's the other 80 plus thousand people? Whoa, man, we're baffled. We're baffled. <laughs> that's called willful ignorance. That's called lying is what that's called. Well, on another interesting note, before we get into the Maui conversation to finish today, Brooke Jackson made a really, really interesting point today that I think we should make sure we talk about. In general, make sure you're following Brooke Jackson. She's still on the path, man. And check out our previous interviews that I didn't link today, but they're searched Brooke Jackson on the T-Lab. We have three outstanding interviews, including the very first one she ever did on this topic, which I'm proud of. She wrote Pfizer, she wrote Pfizer COVID-19 shots approved under emergency use authorization. And that's because that's what they were and still are, right? There's no approved versions being used. Not in the United States. FDA 
according to this document, according to the information we have, did not require any deviation from good manufacturing practices to be reported. Approved by Congress. Let me show you what that means. Here's the actual document that she sent me, and I'll show you what it says there, that these aren't required for EUAs. But what is it? What, what is a BPDR, a biological product deviation report? Well, that's when there's a problem, ultimately. It says, for use by manufacturers like Pfizer, Moderna, to report biological product deviations to the FDA that may affect the safety, the purity, or the potency. You know, all the things that matter of this distributed product. Okay, so they make an injection. And then something happens, whether by accident or by design, that affects the safety, purity, or potency. Well, by law, in a normal sense, they're required to report that. However, as Brooks pointing out, according to their own documentation, right, from their, this is from 2021, this is the Pfizer documentation directly from, uh, from uh, the, the government. This is uh, Pfizer confidential. This is during their overview of this. And it says very clearly, and this, this is not unique to just these injections, but this is what's posted on theirs. And it says a biologic product deviation report is required and would be issued for the COVID-19 injection lot, ma- lots manufactured in accordance with this essentially approval, right? So probably why they never actually made any or gave any to people in the United States, why they lied about it. The military are now being sued for that and forced it on them saying it was the approved version. It wasn't. And, you know, one, there's one more reason, which we shouldn't need. Go back to that same point about masks and everything else. We should have already known this because everybody saw this before. Emergency use authorization implies we don't know that it's safe. Inherently means we don't know. All it means is we know enough that we think that what we know outweighs the serious risk we can see. It by default means that there's unknown risks or that there could be. They don't care. Now, here's, the, here's another point that Brooke's pointing out. That report is not required if it's under EUA. Now, think about that for a second. What that means is Pfizer, this is just Pfizer specifically. I'm willing to bet you it's on Moderna's too. That means that they can alter things, which we saw them do. They can, they can literally find of their own accord that this lowers the potency, lowers the effectiveness, hurts people. They don't have to say anything. Not only that, they're not even required to, and then Congress approves it. As she says, the safety, purity, and potency of that product didn't matter. You just needed it over and over and over. I almost can't. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's believable because we've seen it through everything else. But I almost just can't. It's just incredible. This just keeps coming. And they're still doing it. I'm willing to bet you. I know this will sound crazy. I don't even know how they'll work this out. But something tells me they're going to find a way to overlap the EUA, even though they're, right now we're not in an emergency. We never were, but they're even saying we're not in an emergency with whatever new things come out. So they won't have to do this. Call me a pessimist. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. Some weird overlap or some new emergency, and it all starts over again. They don't need to prove if they're doing things that affect the potency the safety. I mean, I know that's just incredible. So great job, Brooke. I'm glad you pointed this out. Now, don't forget, we just saw Pfizer admit in front of Australian co- uh, Congress that they got a special batch for their own employees that they didn't need tested by the government. That's incredible. That's alarming. They also are answering in a thousand different ways that prove that they're lying, that prove that they don't know how it causes myocarditis. So there's no way they could know to what degree or if it's still dangerous. Or they admit that it causes autoimmune issues, which means your whole body's affected, including other organs. 
they they're, they're either lying about not answering or admitting very important things and it just keeps going it's absolutely incredible so make sure you check this out and other work and follow brooke important now one quick note on east palestine nick sorter points something out that i agree with here instead of sending another 23 billion to ukraine why not send some money to help out east palestine now this is posted before maui but how about the same thing how about we give money to people that need it in the united states as opposed to neo-nazis nazis and fascists that you've been funding for 50 years in ukraine how about that the point is that these people are suffering now people in maui are suffering and you already know this point we'll get to in a minute $700 a person, Biden sends? Really? They just today sent even more money to Ukraine. That's like a poke in the eye. That's like, a, that's insulting. But as he writes, it's been 189 days since the derailment back to East Palestine. 162 days since Biden didn't visit, which again is a meaningless point to me. Biden hasn't said a word about it since. People are suffering. And guess what, guys? The big point for me Nobody talks about the big points. The investigation found that they didn't even need to do the burn. If this was an honest field, people would be screaming about this. They lied. The one thing that caused this disaster that's going to last generations was a lie. He withheld information from the fire chief. It's all on the record. Went on deaf ears, barely even gets a share. Go figure. Or the fact that Scott C. Smith found that 14,000% more dioxins in areas versus control in these people's homes. It's just so mind-blowing to me. And here's another one. He posted this, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. This is yesterday. Not the one I talked about before. This is a new one where he is reporting yet again that dioxin levels are actually continuing to increase in the area. I'll play the video for you. People are sick. I'm not talking because we talked about last week. I'm talking yesterday. Today, children are throwing up. How can you have six months of such intense problems and nobody cares? I just, I mean, I don't even, I take it back. I, we all care, but yet nobody does anything because the government pretends that we don't care. Because all the screaming, partisan, mindless people out there are pointing in a different direction. Now, we, we are able to talk about more than one thing at one time. Maui matters, but so does East Palestine. Right? So does, it, so does Flint, Michigan. But yet, here we are. People in the two-party illusion jumping to the next team sport politics event. Independent testing in East Palestine is showing what's being called an alarming increase in dioxin levels. The testing was done at Sulphur Run Creek by scientist Scott Smith. Something has happened where the dioxins have increased in the sediment. And, to be clear, we need continued testing of sediment. Again, you can't find what you don't look for. Smith took sediment samples back on May 29th. He compared the results to samples taken in February right after the Norfolk Southern train derailment. The results show a major increase in dioxin levels. I found dioxins post-derailment on February 22nd and took another reading on March 8th where the dioxins were declining. Then my May 29th results from Memorial Day came in from the same location with the sediment showing a substantial percentage increase. Smith believes dust and particles being moved during the remediation work could be what's causing it. Yeah, and yet again, light years ahead of the story, we were screaming about what they were doing with the shipments, talking about clean harbors, the fact that they were shipping this to other states, by the way, who are probably overwhelmed with dioxins. They don't even know about it. 
shipping these trucks full of toxic material to places that don't even have an incinerator, assuming that in and of itself can even take care of it. Plenty of people argue it can't, but they're not even trying. In fact, literally burying this a state over that's going to cause problems for generations as well. It really makes me upset, as I'm sure you could tell. This should have been done by now. These people have been caught. It's just it's, If we think we want accountability for Maui or anything else, we need to focus on these stories that are right in front of us. That people are already caught. They should be in prison. But they're all looking around going, man, no one even cares. <laughs> we just admitted we broke a law. No one cares. So we'll do it again. That's what's happening. What happened between February, March 8th, and May 29th? There have been ex- excavation, remediation of the burn pits. Residents have continued to complain even last week. Uh, touching their soil, touching their yard. Smith says the rise in dioxin levels is alarming and it's something that should be looked into further. He feels that testing should be continuous, especially here at Sulphur Run Creek. Imagine somebody in the government telling you they don't need to keep testing while everybody's continuing to vomit and get sick, blood coming out their nose, pustules on their face. I'm not making this up. You guys have seen it for yourselves. Imagine them going, you're good. (laughs) You don't need to be tested. You guys are conspiracy theorists. That's what's happening. Imagine what that does to these people. In my opinion, Sulphur Run needs a lot more testing. And remember, you can't find what you don't look for. If you're not testing the sediment for dioxins, you're not going to find the dioxins. Testing surface water is all well and good. But because these dioxin molecules are are heavier than water, they settle into the sediment and then they release when they're disturbed. Back in April, the Environmental Protection Agency released its findings for its dioxin testing of 146 sites in and around East Palestine. And I proved to you with those numbers that what they were claiming was dangerously above what their own data shows was the acceptable level. And yet again, crickets. Right? That should have been huge news. They admit that it's dangerous based on their own information. Nope. Suppressed. Censored stepped on. At that time, the EPA stated the majority of its results were between 2.6 and 14 parts per trillion. Yep, exactly. That number is dangerously above what their own documents say is safe. Think about that. I proved it on the show. I'll include it in the show notes. In the data that the EPA provided, it states that 480 parts per trillion would be the removal management level. However, Smith's test results shows that all but two of the dioxin types recognized are above that 480 parts per trillion base number. So think about that. So what I'm saying is the number they're claiming, 14, is higher than what they'll say in other documentation before East Palestine is dangerous, according to their own research. Then they state a ridiculously high number, 480. And then Scott goes, well, yeah, we're higher than that, too. And they still don't care. I just... It's just unbelievable, guys. I'm sorry to always be so exacerbated by it. I just, I, this is unbelievable. It's, I've never seen a more obvious criminal. They know it. The government knows it. The government's helping to cover it up. People see it. They're sick. Everyone's reporting it. Their own independence. Texas A&M comes, and they're going, yep, everyone's sick. The CDC shows up. Half their team gets sick, and we do nothing about it. Yeah, let's pretend like we're going to get any kind of justice if we can't get something done with this.
First News reached out to the EPA to find out what they thought of these results and whether or not they will look into them and conduct further testing. Although they were not available for comment, Shocker. they did respond to several of our questions, and you can find that in the article below. In East Palestine, Jennifer Rodriguez, WKBN 27. Just unbelievable. If you want to read about this, guys, here's the coverage from, from 328-23. The Clean Harbors Waste Disposal Ohio Scandal. Right, they are literally shipping this stuff. I proved it right in this show all the way back then and every day since. They are shipping this to places. I, I've talked to them on the phone. Do you guys remember? I spoke to the location they're sending it and said, are you set up to deal with dioxins? No. Do you have an incinerator? No. <laughs> it's just, if it was an honest world, guys, if only. Well, let's talk about Maui. Same kind of conversation, guys, because this is beginning to feel like another similar situation. Like, we haven't even begun to find out what else is going on, right? Like, because, as, as Shelby says, which I'll play you an update from her, that ultimately, they haven't even gotten past, the people are still su- suffering through this. People haven't even got a chance to speak up about what they're dealing with. And you got all the grifters stepping in trying to manipulate the situation. Both independent media, corporate media, real estate agents, everyone is trying to take advantage of this. Spreading fake information because they want clicks on the backs of people that died. That's everywhere right now. It's disgusting. The point is that what else could be happening? We could have things that were burned that are causing dangerous toxic chemical releases. There could be all sorts of things. I'm, not, I'm hoping not, but my point is that this is the kind of thing that happens with this kind of action. Now, again, we're not, I'm not saying we, I don't think we've proven that this is arson or that this is direct energy weapons or any of the theories going around. I think it's certainly possible. And I think that's where this, we, right now we need to recognize that there is a hell of a lot of anomalies in all this that just simply don't make sense. Why The lies about what's happening, the, the kind of downplaying of the risk, the fact that there's a lot of high moneyed interests that are already creeping in to take this territory. There's something going on here. So all I'm asking is that people keep an open mind whether that's something you think is cra- direct energy weapons, that's crazy. Well, it is kind of crazy, but it's also very possible, right? So the problem is that people are so quick to say no, even though we don't know. Right? So we all admit we don't know, but yet when you put up something like that, they go, ha ha, you're crazy. It's like, well, it's also equally ignorant to just dismiss a theory because you don't think it, because you're on guard against conspiracy theory. I mean, well, I'll go into the stuff I proved again in here about the locations and what is possible, but ultimately... Make sure you watch this interview first. Shelby Thompson interview, locals convinced Maui fire is not an accident, as evidence suggests foul play. It's, it got a lot of attention, and rightly so, because it's it, nobody's getting information right now. Everything's very suppressed. And they, her and her mother, her mother was actually in Lahaina. Thank God got free before she, the fires took over. But what she saw is really unnerving. These comments that I'm hearing a lot, which I don't know how to explain, but the idea that most everybody that was there getting out were trying to deal with these first responders, and they were like, in some kind of a trance. I don't know how else to say that. I'm not saying I know that or that's what happened. I'm saying that's the report that we're hearing from, I mean, everybody that was actually there. And there's not that many of them because apparently there's thousands of people that can't be found right now. But the point is that they were going, hey, I need this. And they weren't even responding to them, not even looking at them. Now, you might expect some like, I'm busy, get away maybe, but like that's just, there's something wrong with that. I don't know what it is. Now, that's the reason I played that clip to begin with today. Because not just the COVID-19 part, that these things were pushed on people that made them lose their jobs for rightly saying no, thank God. But ultimately, again, that means that there are people in Maui, in, in Oahu, that's Honolulu. Well, all the people with integrity got pushed away. They wouldn't take the shot. So you're left with people that didn't know they were wrong, too stupid to know for some reason or other, or didn't care for a multitude of reasons. That's what happens. Also, whatever else you want to consider. 
I'm not trying to say that we know there's something in that that would cause X, Y, and Z, but, you know, think about that. That it's interesting that we're seeing these overlaps and everybody arguably, arguably dealing with this with somebody that is in that ballpark. I find that concerning. Now, interview's important. As well as the, the show that I did just before that, were directed energy weapons used in Maui? Let's look at what we can prove. Now, just because it says direct energy weapons, people are like conspiracy theory, even though in my opinion, as I found in this article in the show, I, my opinion is we don't know. Don't think there's enough evidence to say so. So you'll find this kind of common idol I use in events like this, where I say, did this happen? Let's see what we can prove. The show is not meant to say, we know. It's meant to kind of be, let's dive through it, do it together. And it's funny how that's conspiracy theory to some people, <laughs> objectively considering others' opinions. That makes perfect sense with how broken the world is today. But in this research, we did find some pretty interesting things, some very unnerving realities about what's actually in this location. Before I get into that, though, let's go to the, our, our honorary T-Lab correspondent, uh, Shelby Thompson, of, of co-founder of Unjected, and take a listen to what she has to say about some updates, because there's a lot swirling around this conversation. Then, you know, she, as somebody on the ground, it's important to hear what she has to say. Well, thank you for joining me, Shelby. How are you? Aloha, Ryan. Thanks for having me again. Um, doing okay. We're all holding in there and uh, just figuring out some more details of the last few days have been going on. And I would say it's been getting even more precarious than we than we even started with. Yeah. Well, as as a you know honorary T Lab correspondent in Maui for us now, let's let you know just let us know what's going on. You know, people were really. Uh, really, you know, resonated with your interview and what you were saying and just, you know, because really weren't getting any information and having this overlap with what they were experiencing on the ground and what they heard from people that they know on the ground. So, you know, we kind of left it off where there's a lot of suspicion. A lot of locals are very concerned about what they think happened. So, right. you know, start wherever you want. I mean, there's a thousand different things that are being said right now about whether A is being allowed or, you know, the controlled media aspect of it. So what's new on the ground since the day before yesterday? Yeah, so I can tell you, you know, today is day seven. Uh, I've heard that they've started building a 12 mile perimeter, uh, a fence line around the quote unquote disaster area. Uh, people are being arrested and fined for trying to come into this quote unquote uh, zone. I've heard Even people that live there. Uh, yes. Um, wow. you know, at least residents of Maui. So they're making it extremely. Uh, so extremely strict on how to get over there that, you know, the help is not getting to the people. I actually just saw yesterday and I, I sent it to you, the press conference with the FEMA director. Uh, and she was actually coy enough to say that they had an office on island and that they were doing help immediately. Uh, and I can tell you with 100% guarantee that that is not true. Uh, mm-hmm. As of yesterday, there's still no boots in the ground in, uh, you know, Nepali, where all of these people, Hanakawai, where these camps of people are. Uh, this is a lie. She's uh, she's lying. The state officials are all lying. I've heard um, them call it an impact zone. I find that mm-hmm. to be really interesting. Um, the mayor yes. himself, I believe, compared it to a bomb, right? One of the recent interviews. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I the comment with the um, the president. Of, I'm not shocked by it, but the the way that he said that they're laser focused. I just I find a lot of these pieces to be very odd. Um, I do know that the police chief did have a heart attack. Um, you know, as more information is coming out, we did find out that it was the same police chief from Las Vegas um, mm-hmm. during the Las Vegas shooting, which I know we mentioned. Um, 
but you know what what we're seeing here is that um is already that the insurance claims are denied, they're denying people. Uh, and they're saying that they're not, that their homes that burned were not within city code. And that's why they're not going to be reimbursed on their insurance claims. And I find that to be just very interesting. You know, how could you get insurance uh, if you weren't in code to begin with? Hmm. Uh, so we and are. And then how could they possibly know that now after the fact? Right. That's exactly that seems very suspicious. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm definitely just wanting to to let everyone know if if you do have family or friends that has, uh, you know, land in Lahaina, we are working with uh, several attorneys to get you legal representation. Um, I do believe this is a land grab for the most historical, uh, you know, pieces of property uh, on this beautiful island. And, you know, we're, we're watching it happen already. Uh, and so, you know, please reach out to Injected if you if you know of anybody who needs assistance. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a 100 percent worse than the media is um, mm -hmm. leading. Well, the, the point about the, the land part, I mean, it's it's not hard to see how like I think it's important that what, aside from all the different theories, which we should be asking, there's a lot of reason to consider a lot of other things that might have happened. But let's not miss the forest for the trees for people right now. These are these are crimes that are taking place, like whether or not and how, whatever else was involved to play this game. The, the, like. The point being a land grab or the real estate sharks that are already stepping in, that would happen regardless of whether this was a conspiracy or not. And not to say that that's not something we should consider, but that's, you know, I think today we tend to kind of look past some of these very clear crimes to look for the bigger conspiracy, which we should be doing too. But let's not miss the crimes that are taking place that are important. Before you have to go, I know you've got limited time. The, the FEMA part, I don't hope nobody should miss what she said there. They're claiming they have, which they do have a location on Maui and claiming that they were immediately, and according to all residents we're hearing from, they're not even there now. I don't understand. There's some dishonesty happening here. The 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 money you mentioned, $700, laser-focused, he says, $700 per person, it's what? It's a fraction of what was going to Ukraine. They just sent so many hundred million more, apparently, today. I mean, it's just the, the insulting nature of all that. And anything you want to comment on in regard to the military aspect of it, how you know, that the military is still not present or the steel I, and different things. I do, you know, actually I've had a few people reach out to me who actually saw our interview, one gentleman in particular um, from Kauai. And there's some interesting evidence coming out about the military leases uh, within Hawaii, which is something that I've never heard about before. Uh, one being that the military had a, a hundred year lease signed by Roosevelt to be in the Hawaiian islands. Uh, so this would be Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, these sanctioned military bases that, uh, that it would also, you know, include are these military leases, on these buildings on Front Street? Was this, is this a land grab because the military actually is not allowed to be in Hawaii anymore? Um, you know, or ever, since this mm. is an annexed nation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, annexed. I, yeah. Correct. Mm. You know, mm. taken by force by the Queen, uh, held at gunpoint. So, you know, right. this is, this is so nefarious. Uh, you know, the details are really coming out. And uh, I, I love what you said. You know, there is a lot of, quote unquote conspiracy. But right now, the way I see it is that, you know, um, our family and our friends and our brothers and sisters that are over in Lahaina and they're suffering, they're, they are actually in survival mode. They're in fight or flight. They don't have the capability right now to speak up 
for themselves and talk about these injustices. And people like me on the other side of the island, you know, we're safe and we're healthy enough and we need to do our part and talk about what's going on. They're not strong enough to do that. We have to advocate for them. We have to say this was a this was quite frankly a fucking crime. This was genocide on on the Hawaiian people, on the American people. Uh, and I do believe that this is an absolute great, great reset happening in our own little very backyards. Um, and so I really appreciate you helping get that story out there. And I Absolutely. hope that anybody who hears this, um, just be brave, say exactly what you feel, because the more that we, uh, you know, treat this exactly like it was, which was an arson, which was an attack, uh, the more that we're going to be able to get respect to these souls and these lives that were lost. Um, yes, this is not natural. And we definitely need to make sure that we, uh, let people know that. Well said. And I, that does seem to be the pretty overwhelming consensus of everybody that's speaking out for Maui locals and otherwise. So, you know, whatever your opinion is, recognize that there are people that have been dealing with this long before the political momentum around this story. And there's a lot of reason to think there's something else going on. So thank you for taking the time and reach yes. back out when something's going on. We'll connect again. So I know you got to go. Thank you for taking Absolutely. the time. Thanks, Ryan. Aloha. Lots of lots of love. Aloha. And as always, we'll you know jump back into everything going on today and get back to the main point of the story. But it's it's just so difficult to see this the way it's being covered the way people are, are inserting false information from every different side for their own benefits you know just it's it's important to be on guard to what's going on and it's important to continue to ask questions and and follow the work of shelby thompson and everyone else involved with injected and, and reach out to them if you've got any more information as well as uh, the, they're talking about trying to find lawyers and so on so let's get back to everything else well thank you ryan i'll continue <laughs> Now, it, it's a it's a really it's just incredible what people are seeing and the contradictions coming out. And, and let, let's go through what we can see here. There's there's a lot of information <clears throat> that we can see that there, there are people on the ground, people's perspectives of it. And let's kind of try to you know flush this out even more. I recommend you watch the previous shows that we did, the, the previous episodes of both the interview and the show we did about the directed energy weapons you know, to catch up on some of this stuff. But we'll, we'll go over a good amount of this here. And I think what's interesting is what some of the points that she said there, you know, the, the, the lease, most people don't realize, and I actually was trying to look into this in regard to people like Oprah or, or Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos, who all own, you know, occupy land in this colonialized area to Bezos and Oprah, which on about Maui in very, very interesting locations. But the idea that most people don't realize that to actually, you don't really own land as an individual. I don't know how it works for them. But it's, I forget if it's called the Kamehameha, King Kamehameha Fund or something like that. But essentially, you lease land for like 100 years. From, and that's how it's worked there, at least as I understand it, from when I lived on Oahu. And so what's interesting is what she's saying there is the military has something similar. And it's something we should ask, whether there's something running out and whether this could be involved with that. But don't forget, it's not just the bases on Oahu, guys. The bases we're going to get into right here, or rather installations, are military installations that are on Maui. And that's what I, when I first looked into this, as I was saying the other day, I, you know, I wasn't going to, I was, I was very skeptical as we should be of anything like this, especially it's mostly because I was seeing a lot of overwhelming misinformation, which does happen both from the corporate media and independent or anybody else. And it's just things I'll, I'll actually make a point to show you today. A lot of things that we can prove aren't real and being spread by people with gigantic followings. And the point is that when I was going through this and the, all the claims of directed energy weapons, my first point was like, let's make sure people know these are real. If you want to watch the show, the link is right here, as well as I included before. Directed energy weapons are why they've been around since the 70s. 
I mean, they've been researching. There's been patents. We can show examples of a while back governments, or uh, in specific, in this case, it was Rumsfeld and one of the generals speaking on the record about working on these, about using them if they need to. <clears throat> we can point out Fox News, and I think it was the '90s or the late early 2000s, talking about how these were being used. Lockheed Martin put out a video about them. I mean, it's not hard to see; it's real. That's why it's so interesting that we even have to get into that. That there are people on Twitter that are like fake news because, you know, they say that against anything that they've been primed to push back against, even if you can prove it. Things like geoengineering are still weirdly called fake news by some people, despite them going, we're going to do it to block the sun for climate change. They're going, yay. And then you bring it up and you're like fake news. It's like that's got to be some kind of schizophrenic break. I don't understand that. But so I went into this thinking, OK, I want to make sure, you know, I want to find out what the what the potential is for this possibility, because we should. Even if it sounds crazy, right? Because that's what an honest investigator would do. And when I found something that I thought was, I mean, let's let's put it this way. This is important whether or not this was involved or whether or not this was even what started the fires. And turns out, as I said, what everyone is missing, and seems a lot of people still that are arguing directed energy weapons, is that there is a thing called the, the, the AFRL, which is the Air Force Research Laboratory Directed Energy Directorate, which is located on Maui. And the quote from this person, this guy's name is uh, the director of the directorate. His name is Dr. Kelly D. Hammett. More than once, they'll show you two examples. All the links are in the show, right in the tweet. Says that over his 20-year active duty career spanned a variety of positions, mainly focused on directed energy weapon systems. Which, by the way, they, they only called this an observatory, but you can prove that that's very clearly what they did. I'll shout out a great video done by uh, Really Graceful who gives me a shout out for this tweet in general, but points out that this is very real and very clearly what they're doing, even though they don't really make that clear. And she actually added a great point that apparently the location in Maui is, I guess, focused on directed energy weapons that utilize electromagnetic force because there are differences. I find that very interesting with the bigger picture of 5G and all sorts of things. The Great Reset, the smart cities, it's very interesting. But of course, the Maui space surveillance system. He said that you can see the location right here listed as Maui, as well as New Mexico. That's called the Starlink base, I believe. Here's what he says in one of his own personal interviews. He says, quote, we delivered the United States Air Force's first ever operational directed energy weapons. I found that I almost fell out of my chair. I'm thinking, OK, I'm very skeptical of this whole thing. And now I stumble into the reality that apparently the first direct energy weapon was made on Maui. At least that's what they claim. I just like, how do I not report that? And it says, as part of the Air Force Directed Energy Experimentation Campaign taking place on Maui, they deployed four directed energy counter unmanned aerial systems to overseas locations, so not Maui. They deployed them there, but they made them on Maui. They made three Raytheon high-energy laser weapon systems and the Air Force Research Laboratory, this is the important part, Tactical High Power Operation Responder, acronym THOR, the THOR system. It says that we built in-house. That's on Maui. A record-breaking time. Then it says the Air Force Research Laboratory secured the Secretary of Defense approval for operational use of all systems. End quote. So in case you missed it, the point is they created an operational THOR system, a directed energy weapon system that is built on Maui and operational from that location, from the location in Maui. Now, I think I grabbed. Yeah, here we go. Here is the map. Or just one of many you could find. Now, I point here, the point for you to understand is Lahaina is where the bit, the most devastation is seen. That's where these fires were. But there was also fires, as you'll see. I have it on the, the main image of today. Just 
uh, sort of east of Kihei. So there's Kihei right there. We're talking up here all the way up to Ma- uh, Makawo, Makawo, if I'm saying that correctly. Don't forget, though, that one of the most important locations that is, is adjacent to the directed energy weapon system, which is on the uh, Holikala Wet Mountain Range right here, is the supercomputing location, which is part of this installation right here south of Kihei. You know who lives like on the nose right there? Jeff Bezos. Maybe just coincidence. Who knows? The point, though, is that that is where all this installation is taking place. And then you had fires that broke out all right here between Kihei and Makawa. So going back to the point, they have these systems built on this location right here in the mountain range and says that they have them operational. Now, the question doesn't that alone should be interesting whether or not it's connected. But then my question simply becomes, if we want to ask whether this is related, is it not possible they could have tested this? They could have gone awry. They could have acted. You know, who knows? Of course, that's possible. We've seen these things all throughout history. Not dues, obviously, but just general actions of the government testing on its people. That's usually that's more so what they're known for than anything. So it's interesting. So all I'm saying is that we should not dismiss the possibility seeing how, oh, and then uh, thank you for Razor Queen here for giving us a Google image of the actual location, which is pretty cool. So you can see, and you can see right there, Air Force Maui optical, you know, whatever they call it, which is, you know, the system in general, where they do do surveillance and they actually use the directed energy for surveillance in the space. And I mean, let's not forget that there was some guy, I forget his name now, which I'm not even getting into today that said on the record that these very systems are used to communicate with aliens. And that just literally came out. Who knows the, 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 the legitimacy of the ridiculous alien conversation that happened. I only call it ridiculous because of the way they're doing it, dismissing these things forever, even though it's been circulated forever. Now, suddenly we, they want us to know that's why pretty much everybody ignored it because we shouldn't trust these people, but who knows? The point is you can look through these and see them. It's pretty interesting. So we shouldn't dismiss this. Especially since this is something that I frustratingly forgot to include in the original show. I mentioned it and then forgot to say it, which was the, the earlier Soviet-era connection. This is a, a judicial analysis of directed energy weapons in the Earth space arena. Right? This is a government document. And here's the main point. Typically talking about Maui, it says a few weeks after the initial incident on... Uh, November 17th, and again on November 18th, two other U.S. Air Force satellites. Uh, it's, and it's weirdly cut off right there, but it says this came in far more elliptical orbits, experienced similar incapacitation of their, I think, infrared horizon sensors while over the Soviet Union. It says, oh, wait, make sure I didn't go to, oh, it's, I went to the wrong paragraph. Sorry. Well, it's still relevant. It says whether or not the Soviets intentionally employed a high energy chemical laser to incapacitate these U.S. strategic satellites has since become a matter of considerable contention. Think about this, guys. Think about the timing of this. 78. We're talking about the idea that these things... All right, was that the right... Let me make sure. It says 78 up here in the dates, but it does mention... I Don't, don't, count, don't uh, hold me to that exact date, but gen- we, we can reference it by the fact that it's Secretary uh, Donald Rumsfeld. You can see that right there. But the point is, this is talking about chemical high high energy chemical lasers all this time ago. Yet we're acting like it's fake news. 
Then it goes on to say the official United States position circulated by then Secretary of Defense Ronald H. Rumsfeld was that the satellites had probably been dazzled by the glare from natural gas fires. But it says the U.S. itself has employed low-intensity laser radar located at the sites, including New Mexico, that's the, uh, whatever they're naming that, and then and Maui, Hawaii, to, quote, interrogate Soviet reconnaissance satellites passing overhead. These laser radar facilities are used to determine precise orbital parameters of the satellites. They are also used to determine the Soviet satellite passing overhead carries a reconnaissance camera by measuring laser energy reflected back in exposed, op- exposed optical systems. Now, the point is that they can use this to determine the location, and then, if so desired, use it to take it down. Now, the point is coming full circle to realize that these people working on it have been working on weapon systems the entire time. Yes, also surveillance, as they're making clear, but weapon systems. Ever since the Soviet era. I find that pretty interesting. Now, this you can see, Jeff Bezos buys up Maui, Hawaiian locations. This is 2021. The location, again, is literally right, right south of Kihei, right next door to the supercomputing location that is part of the larger installation of what's going on on Maui, U.S. military installations. Very, very interesting to me. Now, don't forget, here was the clip that, that uh, Shelby shared from somebody she knows. Now, just on a, what I, one of the reasons we're going to get into the misinformation flying around, but it really frustrates me. So this was posted. Somebody took this video. Put their stuck their name and tag right over the middle of the video, and that's circulating on Twitter. I know where it came from. <laughs> it's not theirs, but somebody did that, and that's being shown. This is how gross this is right now. It just it's, People are ridiculous. But people have always been ridiculous. It's really not that new, but the point is it's worse than I've ever seen, especially the overwhelming inf- misinformation. But it's just people have no shame, you know, taking somebody else's, taking information from a very devastating event like this and using it to benefit yourself. It's terrible. But, oh, the point was not to miss, the, you know, the main idea was that this is, you can see this, that flash of blue light you just saw is in the direction of the mountain range where Thor system is active. I'm not saying that means it was used. I'm simply stating facts, that that system is there, it's real, and it, right before this all started, as the guy in the video says, you can see the fires begin, and there's not transformers back there, according to Shelby, that's, that's forest, there's no transformers, there's no lines, there's just a big blue light that shouts up as lights, and then suddenly that's, go, that's starting. So you can make of that what you want. That's, that's according to multiple testimonies, that's what happened. Now, Stephen Kirch even points out, as some of the videos that we had showed before as well, <laughs> the, the boats on the ocean, which is not that hard to wrap your mind around. It certainly could mean whatever you want it to mean, or it could mean that there are ashes falling like they fall from every fire ever. They could land on pieces of, you know, on boats that are wood and let on fire on the water. I mean, that makes very easy. That's very easy to make sense of. But the point that I thought, which is the right thing to point out, you know, right or wrong with the most obvious, is the fact that fires don't typically burn in circles. That's pretty damn weird. Everyone can point that out. And Stephen Kirch, who's an investigator himself, says, check this out. Wildfires never burn in a perfect ellipsis like this. This is impossible. I wouldn't say impossible. I mean, it could be that there was some kind of, you know, like, I mean, like, let's make a point, say this was completely unrelated and somebody had just done something to light a circle there for something unrelated and then just, just all happens and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wildly unlikely, almost impossible, but not impossible. But my point is I agree with him. I, I, I'm just being irritatingly objective. The point is that this is, any investigator would say, okay, there's something wrong here. Just that one point. 
unless you can research and find out something that explains it. But otherwise, that doesn't make any sense. Now, here was a video that I wanted, just one minute of, in fact. I mentioned the, the interview from the Paradise Fires in California. This is retired fire captain who this was, went around the world. I mean, this was an important interview. <clears throat> and he was one of the ones saying that, from his perspective, that there's something wrong here. That it doesn't, you can't explain this. Now, it's only one minute of it, but I just want to play this clip. But you, if you could find the full interview, I didn't have time to search it out. I mentioned it before. But I've got it cited in many videos where I referenced this back in California fire. So search that on Last American Vagabond. But thank you to uh, Antonio here for sharing this. This is just that one minute part of it. So the number of fires was extremely alarming. Where did all these fires come from? Mm -hmm. How did they all start at once? And so I, uh, I started digging. And um, uh, when I started digging, I started looking at the research that was available for uh, um, directed energy weapons and uh, what I started reading actual government documents that people had put up, various people had put up on the website and uh, um, looking at the destruction which I have never seen in my career, the totality of the destruction on the structures. There was absolutely nothing left of the structures except foundation. Sounds familiar to today, right? But again, this doesn't prove, because he, he's not even saying he proved that's what was used, right? He's just simply saying in his expert opinion, and he is an expert, his entire career has never seen it. That holds water, guys. You know, you can decide that maybe there's another explanation, because maybe there is. But you have to at least admit that that's telling. That's a big deal. Something else happened, at least according to the expert who sees this in, in what I think it was like 20, 30 years of his entire career. So that's, and and we keep, we, now we keep seeing these weird anomalies. Just ask why. Now, I, I've seen that with other fires, but not where it moves like that. Not where the fire is moving and one side of the street, everything's fine. The other side of the street, it looks like a, like a, a nuclear. No, take it for what you will. Right. I mean, the point is ultimately, as we said before, you know, the, the, like the, as people I spoke to myself have said. That you can find some things you never would explain. That you say, I never would. You know, if you saw it, you go, that's not possible. But then you see it happen. You know, where it's just based on weird combinations of moisture and wind and, you know, all the circumstances that either do or don't cause these fires to be possible. And, you know, but, that, but we should still be willing to say that is strange. And we should ask whether that's natural. But not assume. Right. But here's something I found very interesting. Maui police chief, John... Uh, Pelletier states, and I believe, I, I'm not, I think this was the one that people are saying just had a heart attack. I wasn't able to see that. And of course, the other part of it is saying that there's an overlap with him with Las Vegas. Now, you know, I mean, that's interesting. It's strange. But you, the, the problem is when you have, an, you know, in a large thing like this, is it, I mean, obviously it's possible that he just ended up there. And just, if this event happened right afterward, it'd be strange. Or if it happened 10 years from now, it would also be strange. People go, oh, he was the guy from Las Vegas. So, you know, yes, it is interesting. Make a note of it. And, and if, you know, if more comes of it or if he, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's interesting, but I, we need to be careful. We don't just align, you know, give it meaning where it's just a coincidence or it could be. I'm never one to assume it's a coincidence. Always ask the question, but don't assume. Because again, I'm, I'm making that point today because far too many honest people today are, are, you know, falling down these paths of assumption, of, of conjecture, when all we should be doing is going, that might be the case. And I'm very suspicious of it. Look, I'm I'm just trying to go above and beyond to be skeptical because I'm very suspicious of both ways. But I think my gut tells me there's something wrong here for sure. But here he is telling you 
as the chief, as the police chief, that he thinks that the, the, that metal was melted. Now, let's be very clear. Fires don't do that. They don't burn hot enough to melt steel. Now, the, que- the question is whether it was metal or steel, whether he thought that, whether he was misinformed by somebody else, whether he's lying. Well, all possible. But I think we have examples of this, and I'll show you some images that seem to show that, and you can decide for yourself. He's, you know, our family and our friends. The remains we're finding is through a fire that melted metal. We have to do rapid DNA to identify them. Every one of these 89 are John and Jane Doe's. We know we've got to go quick, but we've got to do it right. So when we pick up the remains and they fall apart, and so when you have 200 people running through the scene yesterday, and some of you, that's what you're stepping on. I don't know how much more you want me to describe it. That's what you're stepping on. Give us a little bit of time to contain that. Please. Because we've got to go make 89 notifications. And coming from a place that had to make 58, I understand the pain this is going to take. And we're not done with 89. So just understand what this thing is because none of us really know the size of it yet. Everybody wants a number. You want it fast or you want it right. We're going to do it right. And and that's not un, unfair, right? But the, the point is ultimately that if it's very clear, very clear that you've got thousands of people missing and more than, op- I mean, just by a visual look, you can see more than 90 people that are dead on the ground, which apparently almost everyone you talk to from Maui is saying they saw just this just bodies that, you know, at least elude, well, we, we can confirm 80, but it's very clear that it's more than that. And that's what they're saying. Will we expect more? But it's almost like people are being ca- pushed down from acknowledging the reality. And there is a weird lock on this information right now. <laughs> but again, maybe it's just because of what he said. You shouldn't dismiss that just because we're all on guard for conspiracy. But we should also be willing to ask if there is something going on. Now, here <clears throat> is one of these videos of, of the area basically just showing you know, these, th- these lines, now you can see this now, look that, that, but you can see the metal of the car. Now, is that aluminum? Is that metal that melted? Like I, it's up for you to decide, but uh, there ultimately we saw similar things in, in California, but I think what's more important is you got the police chief on the record saying it melted metal. Now, other than him possibly being wrong or misinformed, that is pretty, that, that holds water. He's the police chief. So why does that make sense? fires do not melt metal that's not how this works so that is a big red flag jessica rose points something out a lot of these people like a lot of these are people that aren't you know they're just people that are jumping into this from other sides and they're talking about covid and going yep it's pretty damn obvious there's something wrong you know just showing you how obvious this is these are critical thinkers here people that are very objective that are just looking at the information and going clearly there's something wrong because that's what it shows you right now doesn't mean we know exactly what's happening but there's something amiss here that's what my gut tells me. Clearly, Jessica, Steve Kerr, same thing. She says, this is so bloody obvious. It's a land grab. We want our historic towns and lovely communities maintained and restored. If you firebomb it, you must rebuild it. Yes, but to the specifications of the rightful landowners. You don't sell your land to them. This is not only about Maui. No, I, you know, I would say it's completely their choice, obviously. But at the end of the day, if you recognize there's something going on here, they're trying to manipulate you, just think about that.
you know, but here's what this guy says. This is, he says, this is what the governor of Hawaii has to say about the wildfires. Close listen, what the governor of Hawaii had to say about the fires. Of the destruction of Lahaina, it does appear like a bomb and fire went on. It does appear like a bomb and fire went on. Like a bomb and fire went off. Now you could argue he's just an analogy, but that's a strange thing to say. All of those buildings virtually are going to have to be rebuilt. It will be a new Lahaina in its own image, its own values. It's going to be billions of dollars. We are so coordinated with state, county, and federal support that it took less than a quarter of a day, six hours, to get the approval from the president. To bring- oh, really? Great. So you haven't even helped these people yet. The FEMA's not there. Military hasn't helped. But you already got the approval from the president to rebuild everything. Cool. Like, how do you not read exactly what that shows you? They're far more concerned with rebuilding it the way they want than helping these people or acknowledging what might have actually went down, like whether it's arson or anything else. Crazy. Obvious. Those resources in. This was, of course, a shock to see a hurricane and its winds. I think that we're seeing this for the first time in many different parts of the world. I've been contacted by several governors across the country to share. That's the, that's the alluding to climate change is what that is. Share their experiences in a time where global warming is combined with strengthening. So let's just go over a few of the red flags that he said. Very coordinated. Bomb and fire went off. All we will need to rebuild is billions of dollars in its own likeness and own image with its own values. What does that even mean? And it's so coordinated with state, county, and federal support that within less than six hours, they got approval from the president to bring resources, hurricane-type winds that just happened to be the same time as the bomb-like fire. Governors calling to share their experience. So we start the press conference out with bombs and explosions, then set up how we're going to get some smart cities in hawaii and then we end it with 2030 propaganda of yeah yeah obviously you know where these theories go and that's certainly possible right but we shouldn't state these as absolute facts i don't think we can prove that but the point is quite obvious and this is what i mean by maybe missing the forest for the trees like right there aside from what we think the motivation might be which we should not dismiss that's very important but right there if we can prove which clearly seems to be the case that they were like like this is the overlap of these policy in my mind they're, they were they, they say we were there within hours, but then blame it on the fire chief. Right. The point is, you can prove to what they're saying is that they have the president approving rebuilding, allotting billions for, of, for re, within hours. But days go by. Nobody's giving they're They're turning away resources, which I'll show you. I, there's only one way to see that, guys, that, that at the very least, that life is not the important thing to these people. I think we I think we should know that by now. Now, uh, uh, inversionism is doing a great job. Really, just a lot of great posts lately. And this is there's a couple things that overlap with this bigger picture. One is he writes the Pentagon wants to test a space-based particle beam by 2023. This is from 2019. Now, obviously, the lot of people are pointing out the Chinese uh, uh, government announces, "Well, we just succeeded right right before this about some laser from space kind of thing." Which that's one of my thoughts during the show was, you know, maybe this was something that was done from some other foreign power. Certainly possible, but we shouldn't assume that because it aligns with our political leanings unless we can prove it, which is a lot of what a lot of people are doing. This is important, though. The Pentagon wants to test a space-based particle beam by 2023. Okay, well, that aligns with at least possible what we're considering. Could this have been a test? Utilizing the Thor system, which is clearly a primary point of their direct, direct, directed energy directorate. And this test went awry. Or maybe they simultaneously were like, let's test it and then also benefit ourselves for, you know, who knows? If you can't wrap your mind around that, you have, you're not a student of history. 
They're very capable of stuff like that, including all the people that died. Just look at the wars around the world. Now, this one points out the vultures are already swooping in to try to buy their properties. Now, I want to make it clear that we have to realize this would happen either way. Regardless, this, if this was just a fire that burnt this down and you could prove that it was just a random circum, random con- converging events, the same thing would happen. These same vultures would be chipping, you know, chipping, uh, biting at the, what's the term? Uh, I can't remember the, 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 ter- the turn of phrase. Nipping at the, the bud, whatever it is. The point is that these people would be right, just like drooling to get this property because this is, in some cases, 40, 50 million dollar properties. The point is what it's worth anyway, not necessarily what some of these places aren't mansions. These are people that have lived there their whole lives, but these properties are wildly valuable. So my point is just because doing this doesn't prove that it was the only thing it was about. But nonetheless, let's recognize how disgusting this is. That while these people are searching for their dead loved ones, you're calling them to try to buy their property out from under them for half the price. That's disgusting. But then let's also consider that this could be exactly what it looks like. An effort to drive this in the direction of what people have been trying to do to this area for a century. I mean, I mean, like this, since the moment this place was occupied, they have been, the people from the, from the Western side of this or whatever governments we're talking about, in this case, the U.S. government, have been trying to take over and inch these people out. And I mean, it's, it, it's an illegal annexation, guys. Let's not forget. I'll play a video at the end. They didn't legalize this. They just said it's ours now because they used to be able to do that. Now they like to pretend they're good because we demand that of them, even though they don't do it. Yeah, I got to tell you guys, I am so frustrated with investors and realtors calling the families who lost their home, offering to buy their land. How dare you do that to our community right now? If you are a Kalamai, sorry, had a little bit poor reception right there. If you are a victim and they are calling you, please get their name. People keep calling me, sorry. Get their business name so we can put them on blast. And as as Shelby was saying, they're they're trying to marshal their efforts, you know, to try, you know, reach out to injected.com. They're trying to do a lot to help. This is some Pilau Heva shit happening right now. I am so frustrated hearing since yesterday that multiple families that I know personally were reached out and offered money from investors and realtors. Shame on you. Shame on you. If you are a Maui realtor contributing to that, karma's going to come and get you. Okay? That is Pilau. And if you are a realtor and they are calling you, investors are calling you to represent them, I hope you have dignity and aloha and compassion to turn them away and tell them off. And I need you guys to do me a favor and get their name and their business name and we're going to put them on blast. That is some Pilau. Please spread the word. If you are a victim and they are reaching out to you, DM me their name, business, try to get as much information out of these guys and send it to me. Hmm. Now, you know, people could make the argument that they're trying to do it to help, right? I I just don't, I don't buy it for a second. These people have been trying to force these people out of their homes for, I mean, as long as you can remember, as long as they've been there. 
That's the reality. And they'll tell you themselves. So there's an, one of the other great posts from Inversionism talks about one of the alternative thoughts, pr- ways to look at this. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, we, could, we talked about the idea of the theory of direct energy weapons, which we shouldn't dismiss. There's actually a lot, of back, a lot of points that make it seem like it could have been used, including the way it looks, including the location. But I don't think we can prove that. So here's another alternative way to look at this, especially since you have a lot of people who, I mean, as far as I, I haven't spoken to a single person that is from Maui that does not think this was an attack. That doesn't mean it's the truth. But that's pretty interesting. So inversionism points something really, really interesting out. I just found a gnarly declassified document in my archives about techniques and tactics that are highly relevant to what just happened in Maui. It's literally called forest fire as a military weapon. That's pretty damn interesting. I forgot to do that on this one too. So good find on this. Here's the document he shared. Well, oh, this well, he shows a couple of them. Here's one of them. Defense Tactical Information Center. Forest fire as a military weapon. And here's just what it reads in the, in the abstract. Forest flammability depends on the amount of dead vegetation on or near the, uh, the around surface. Is that what it says? Oh, the ground surface. Sorry, I was blocking that. The moisture content of this ground level material and the weather at the time of the burning to forest flammability can be greatly increased by killing all shrub vegetation, selecting optimal weather conditions for burning, and igniting fires in the pre-selected pattern, and three removal of overhead tree canopy requires the initiation of high-intensity crown fires. In many climates, crown fires are are unlikely to be achieved by any environmental modification technique. (laughs) I mean, it's just so crazy how they're literally outlining how you use fires to achieve a military end or a political end, which is usually what it is. And what does it amount to? Everything we're talking about. The corporations coming in and leaving this exactly the way, prime for burning, not the sugar cane and the leftover byproducts of what they're doing or the lack of keeping up the area they owned after they stopped which is what Shelby was telling us, what everybody's telling us. So you, may, you, you create the, dread de- the dead vegetation the, and then the moisture content of the ground level, which we've talked about as well, or the weather at the time of the burning. Now, I'll, I'll show you a, a video from Dane Wigington where he gets into some pretty interesting stuff. I'm not going to play it, but you guys can watch it for yourselves. I recommend you listen to what he has to say. Or the fact that we're talking about the igniting fires in multiple locations, which is oddly what it looks like. Just like we saw in California, where the chief is telling you how they all start at the same time. Well, the same thing seems to have happened here, where you've got multiple fires starting at the same moment that all converge to cause a problem. I'm not saying that means it's, but it's, we should ask if it could have been something like arson or something more than that. Here's a here's the, a book, Forest Fire as a Military Weapon. So it's not just this random document somebody made up. And here's the actual document for yourself. You can read it, go through it. It's real. U.S. Department of Agriculture, Forest Service. It's pretty incredible. I don't think there, I think there was, I don't think I had anything here I was going to read, but you know, the bottom line is you guys can read through it for yourselves. They're outlining how they use this to drive people away from what they want to control. Now, whether that's the case, that's up for you to decide. Here's Kenoa the Great pointing out some other interesting things that could, could suggest that this was just a random series of events that caused a fire. That was then and is still being exploited by people in power. Because that seems to be happening regardless of how you think this started. Let's make sure we don't miss that. The exploitation of the event to achieve their ends is something we should not miss 
looking for the bigger conspiracy that might very well be there. And I don't mean conspiracy in a derogatory sense. I mean literal conspiracy, because that's my point. They're conspiring. But he says a new video or a video posted on August 8th by a Lahaina resident shows downed power line in flames. That says Maui residents are suing power companies that inexcusably kept their power lines energized during forecasted high fire danger conditions, which they're not supposed to. This is live right across the street from my house. Freaking power line just went down. Oh, you know what? You know what? Let's play. Let's play. This is the, another version, but shows the power line itself. on the podcast he writes it on there but this is right before the fire started I was just telling another one. On look the at all there's four or five on the ground right there I'm sure enough they did three maybe four total now we've yeah, seen so Okay, so, and then you have this one. Where he's my little water hose, but, fuck. Yeah, it's going, I don't know, I hopefully they get him out. Get out of his house. So that's kind of easy to see, right? So the argument being that this is, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible that there was foul play and then it also happened because of the wind. But we have to realize that that video itself seems to show very clearly that power lines fell and then caught fire. But we have the area that's very primed for that. So, I mean, look, I'm not saying we have to always assume what we want to think. We should actually make sure we question all that too. But it's just as possible as anything else that these power lines were made to fall, cut, or something like that. And that's, but that's complete conjecture. We don't know any of that. So it's just as likely based on these that this was something that organically started and then was taken advantage of or everything else we've talked about. And this is only one part of it. But just we've got to keep an open mind here because it's, we're, we're, I'm like, what I'm going to get into next, the story is being overwhelmed with false information. And that could be because people are trying to get clicks and they're terrible people. Or it could be that this, and I think this is real, that when we have something that is a big deal, like, I don't mean this like it wouldn't be if it was organic, but like a, something in the sense of, like, they used a weapon, they tested something, or they started these fires, blah, for whatever reason, the Great Reset, that they would intentionally, these people that don't want you to see it, flood the conversation with things that are fake so people dismiss everything else. We must realize that's absolutely something that happens with real things that happen. 
in order to stop us from looking at it, like we saw with COVID-19 stuff. All the people collapsing from China, those were fake videos, guys. There's a lot of stuff like that that happened. So think about that. See him right there. That's the power line that started. Started from up the road there. And all of that is still burning. Mm-hmm. So, as usual, right, somebody that might have started the show, read the title, and dismissed all of it because they think we're conspiracy theorists, never stick around for this both sides objectivity or all sides kind of perspective. Because the people that are afraid to be part, you know, oh, it's conspiracy theory. They're pretty much the most uninformed and willfully ignorant people on the planet. Who actually says conspiracy theory today in the sense that that's something to be dismissed? That is an infant intellectually. Like, really think about that. The point is that we have to consider all possibilities, even if it's not something that aligns with what we already think. So I'm glad, Kanoa, thank you for pointing this out. It's important. Now, this is Dane Wigginton's video. Here's what he said. Flash drought and anomalous 85 mile per hour winds perfectly timed to create an unprecedented inferno. Like, as you could argue that this, this happening, or this in particular, wouldn't have amounted to what we saw, right? Because it would have been inspired. People would have gone out and helped, dealt with it. But if you, when you converge with the other events and the perfect conditions for it to be caused, well, you should ask whether that was by design. This down here says, before high-pressure zone over the Hawaiian Islands, locals warn of fire risk due to down power lines, same point. But so he says, just random acts of nature, or is there more to the story? Well, it's worth watching. He, he clearly feels, and look, if there's one person you're going to listen to on the, on the possibility of geoengineering and the use of that in, in a war, in a military sense, it's Dane Wigginton. He's doing great work. I recently interviewed him uh, around this, the general topic of geoengineering and climate change, gambling with the human species. Very interesting discussion here. It's worth listening to. But be open to possibilities, guys, because I don't think it's just one thing in any sense. Almost never, never is anymore. But one thing that frustrates me is we have the Daily Mail and a lot of even locals that are now focusing on the energy company because of the polls and elsewhere and saying it's your fault, right? Which, by the way, they clearly should be held accountable for that. But one thing that I noticed before from California that makes me nervous, what happened to PG&E? Now, look, maybe I'm missing something, but I, I was following the story. As far as I can tell, PG&E benefited from the whole thing. They're now charging. And right away, what did they do? Well, they increased their, they increased their fees. They would shut down energy with a, a, a small breeze. They would say, isn't that what you wanted? We're being safe. Well, no, you're, you're, you're almost like being intentionally vindictive because you got caught. So, you, oh, yeah, we're going to shut your energy off in the middle of summer because it's windy. It's like, well, no, that's not what they're that. The point was. They didn't get held accountable. As far as I could tell, nobody got legally held accountable. And now they're making more money than ever at your expense. So did they really get held accountable? Or was it all a manipulation? So now that we have Hawaiian Electric being accused of being responsible for this, let's wait and see what happens. Are they going to be fined? Are there going to be are there going to be criminal charges? Or are they just going to use this as an excuse to shut electricity down that leads right into the Great Reset direction, or to charge you more? Well, if it does, well, we, I think we have our answer. But we shouldn't. They should still be accountable. But let's also make sure we recognize one of the most obvious parts of all this that is concerning is the fact that they were not warned. A system that is tested periodic, like monthly at least, suddenly doesn't work. That's, that's in conjunction with everything else we know, that FEMA still hasn't come, that people are being boxed out. We'll show you that next. But Keith says, so if local officials suspected large-scale arson on, on Maui three months ago, which they did, suspecting someone setting fires all over Maui, that's pretty interesting. It says, why is anyone talking about climate change? Yeah. 
He goes, oh, and the state government supposedly renowned alarm system just happened to completely fail that day. You can read this. Why did it fail? Doesn't really explain it. But So you have evidence of people trying to, cite, to start simultaneous fires. That's what this talks about. They're caught for it. Or rather, they, they, they know that it was an arson suspect. And we can't factor in that that could have happened again. I mean, obviously. Sounds more likely to me, especially when you have examples of fires starting in multiple locations at once. Well, there was wind, and we did see power lines. So maybe that was it, too. But it also could be this. And we have to make sure we factor that in. The people screaming climate change or anti-conspiracy theory are ignoring all these possibilities. I, th- I really think the fact that the alarm didn't go off is one of the most important. That's absolutely ridiculous. Again, when we point out like accidental ones, oh, a fake ballistic missile or multiple times where they go, oops, the alarm went off. We didn't even mean to. And now when they find them, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. But there's also this part, which is almost hard to stomach. I mean, it's, it's impossible to stomach. This is disgusting. Maui residents, as you can see here, are bringing food and supplies. They're trying to anyway, and they have been using jet skis and different ways to come in from the ocean because they weren't letting anybody in from any other way. So they were kind of sneaking it into people, essentially. It says they donated essentials will go to the victims of the devastating fires. But guess what? They just stopped this. They just literally stopped them from bringing in any help from the water, even though there's not anybody bringing anything else that I can see. People are desperate for things like insulin. And they're bringing it. And they're being turned away. That's being confirmed even by corporate reports. Why? Well, liability. Okay, well, what's happening to the person who's desperately in need of it for their, for their, what they needing insulin to survive? Well, wait for FEMA to bring it in for, you know, a week from now. Otherwise, we're not sure you could sue us. Yeah, clearly they're more, they're, they're interested in helping people, right? If your primary objective is avoiding your own liability, you're not there to help people. Think about that. Here is uh, Kai Lenny, who is, it says, arguably the world's best big wave surfer. He's a very world-renowned surfer, resident of Maui. He's pointing this out, guys. Hi, everyone. I'm really grateful to the Maui community and everyone around the world for showing up and supporting our island, especially in this time of absolute tragedy. Um, Right now, something big is happening. We've been trying to get insulin flown in from Kona over to Kapalua, but our flights are being blocked by the Department of Health because it wasn't approved by them. And right now there's a lot of people that need their medical needs met. Um, Specifically, we need uh, prescription medications. People are suffering over there and there is no government official from the local county level to the state, even federally, we have no support. They're actually making it more difficult for us to try to help our Ohanas, our families, and our friends that are in need of us. So we've been going by jet ski, by boat, and soon they're gonna be stopping that. And we're doing whatever we can to help, but we're very limited because we're basically being stopped by our own government. And um, right now we're trying our best to keep pushing through. Um, I encourage everyone to keep on helping. Everyone here on Maui, thank you for your kakua and for keeping everyone in your thoughts and hearts and doing whatever it takes. We're gonna not stop until we are able to help every single person that has suffered this horrific ordeal. And uh, keep us in your thoughts and prayers from all around the world. I'll keep you updated. Aloha. Imagine stopping people from helping. Right? Again, that means you're more concerned with your own liability and bureaucracy than you are with helping people. 
It's like we see, it's like anything else. Like we see people in Texas with the hurricane where they're literally using their boats and trucks to help people and the police stop them. While the, nobody else is helping these people. And so it's just so disgusting that it's more important to maintain, or you could simply argue it's because it's more important these people don't survive. You can look at it however you want. The, tro- the point is they are turning away desperately needed things that nobody else is bringing, according to everybody there. FEMA, they can say they're present. They're not present, according to everybody we can talk to. And I, look, I'm not just saying this. I'm talking to people. They're saying this themselves. Listen to the, one of the most famous surfers in the world. But of course, the, you know, the corporate news says otherwise. Well, here's another point that might resonate with some people. This is the editor of the Maui, uh, Maui Now or Maui Times. I, I shall say it in the, in, in the, in the uh, video. Trying to report on what's going on and being turned away. Uh, this is somebody who is a local reporter, but it's still a reporter. It's still part of the, technically, you'd argue, from like the corporate news. And they, they, they won't allow anybody in while reporting information that's not even accurate. That the media is lying about the reality of the Lahaina fire is incredibly frustrating for me because I am the media. I am the editor of Maui Times and I have tried relentlessly to get direct information from the county of Maui as well as the Maui Police Department. Both entities have been radio silent and have not responded to any of my calls or emails over the past few days. Yeah, just why do you think that would make sense? Right? I mean, wouldn't you argue that whatever you can tell people that are worrying whether their families just got killed would help. Radio silence is the last thing you should ever be doing. Like, say, look, say, look here's what we know. That's all we can tell you. We don't know anymore. We're trying to confirm it now. Nothing but blackout. Not in response. Not really. Not even. In, well, I'll let her finish. I also spoke to Maui police officers in person in Lahaina, and they all denied me my First Amendment right to freedom of the press by denying me access to Lahaina Town as well as denying me information. They even sent me on a wild goose chase trying to find their media coordinator who had conveniently gone home for the day by the time I found where he was supposed to be. So it is not the media who is lying to you because I'm obligated to only report what has been confirmed. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, fair enough that she's making sure you understand that there are some media like ourselves, like her, that are trying to find the truth. But obviously, I can prove to you that the media is absolutely lying about a lot of different things in this and other stories as well. But the point she's making is that not all of them are lying, that she's simply only able to tell you what she has because they won't give her anything else. That's part of it, too. So when they say 86 confirmed, that's because that's all they can report, because that's all that they're being told. That makes sense. Despite the fact that, like, if I was in her shoes, though, I would be able to I would speak to individuals on the ground and be like, well, here's what the locals are reporting. That's reportable. You know, you're all not only obligated to report what the police tell you, right? I mean, I think that's pretty clear, but but fair enough. Like, she's being objective. We can't knock that. Who's lying to you is the government entities who are trying to cover their asses and not take accountability for how grossly mismanaged this entire situation has been. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we make this go viral, I'll actually get a response from them. Now, look, that's an important thing to think about. As much as we are absolutely justified in asking whether there's something bigger going on here, that's my point right there. That's right there. Just simply gross, grossly mismanaging this and maybe in, you know, doing so with the benefit of people that are wealthy and trying to buy the properties. Either way, the point is that there's right now enough to point out that the way they're dealing with this is inappropriate. That we have, make sure we don't skip past that for the bigger picture. I, I mean, I don't know how you could possibly pretend that you're stopping people that live there from going in their own territory. Right. Or that you're stopping people from reporting on what's going on. It's been five days. What are you what are you stopping people from seeing? It's a genuine question.
Now, President Biden steps in to tell everybody, well, the residents of Hawaii mourn the loss and life of, of and devastation taking place across their beautiful home. We mourn with them. Clearly, like I've said, not only our prayers and our prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, because that's what we need. Right. FEMA's temporary shelter assistance is now available for residents who have been displaced. According to locals, that's not being confirmed. I just spoke to Shelby this morning, and she says 100% that's not true. Allowing survivors to shelter in hotels and motels. Right. Well, even if that's the case, you're talking about four days later. I mean, why is that acceptable? There's There's people that were immediately in need, and people were turned away. Look at this. And this is what people are pointing. I have, this is ridiculous. It's almost like whether you think it's actually that these were direct energy weapons or not, which we should. I, I'm like my opinion. We can't prove that, but we should ask. But then I almost feel like in some cases they do these. They say things in a certain way in order to get people to go. Oh, it's because then it makes you look crazy when you're like, look, he said laser focused. But it just seems like a very ridiculous. Like they see the conversations. They know what's going on. Seems pretty ridiculous to me. It's almost like they're trying to make fun. But the point is not that. That's just a passing observation. It's that including critical needs assistance that Biden is showing how well generous he is by saying he's going to give you a one-time $700 payment. What a man. So these people just lost their entire homes. In some cases, you know, I mean, what they, these are multi-million dollar properties we're talking about. That the, What their value is. And then on top of that, they lost everything they own. Every, and you're going to, here's $700. <laughs> That's not even enough to pay their electric bill because of you. It's not a joke. I mean, I, how, I mean, this is almost meant to be an insult. Especially when you realize that they just sent $100 billion to Ukraine. Oh, and guess what? Yesterday, sent another $200 million. $200 million. Do you realize that, as Kanoa points out, 700 per household amounts to $1.9 million? $1.9 million. They just sent $115 billion to a bunch of neo-Nazis in Ukraine. And today sent another $200 million. Another $200 million. A hundred times what they just sent to, you, to Maui. I mean, it really does make you sick. Who makes sense of this? How can you possibly not think that's... These are Americans... Whether they want to be or not, you illegally occupy the territory like everything else, but they're still considered Americans. And you're sending more money to people that are fighting a war in the name of America that that nobody supports. Even if you think it's the most honorable cause in the world, you are sending money on over the top of people immediately suffering with them that are Americans because of war. Then you can realize that this is an obvious operation and these are obvious extremists that they're funding. It really just makes you sick. Ah. Kanoa points out there's over 2,700 structures that were destroyed, valued at $5.6 billion. But here's a $700 check. Go get yourself a gumball. Well, let's make sure we understand that there is a lot of misinformation. Now, I'm going to go through this quickly because it's not, it's the least important part about all that's happening, but I just want to make sure everyone's on guard. And there's a point that I want to clarify. Because as I was told by somebody who watched the show, because of the way it ended up being presented, it was confusing. That what, what, as I, when I was presenting this video in particular, this one here. Ah, damn it. Hold on. Get past the stupid advertisement. On the, sh- on the interview with Shelby. It, this was the video. This is from Le- Kenner, Louisiana. <laughs> hey, we got two in a row. 
cool. YouTube sucks. Here we go. This is the, the video from Kenner, Louisiana, showing what people argue is a direct energy weapon. This is reported as an electrical explosion. Now, to me, it does seem pretty odd. There's some point, only points of it. it there, there are points where it looks like it's exploding the Transformers, but there are points where it looks funny. Now, my point was, I guess it was because when I was showing this in the interview, I played the video of the Transformers, and I was supposed to play this right afterward. And what I said when I presented it was, here are videos of Transformers, and here is a video of people before this who argued this was a direct energy weapon. That's what I said if you listen to the interview. Then I couldn't find it, and I ended up playing it all the way at the end, and I guess people misunderstood that to mean that this was Maui. It's not. Now, I can't say whether this is a direct energy weapon or not. It seems there, like there are some strange anomalies to it. This is a Louisiana video, which I guess I should have made more clear, but I think it was the way that it was timed, and that's my fault. That we're, This is from four years ago, which I did show this as well, but anyway, I, the people, I guess, misunderstood. So... The reason I'm showing you that is because, weirdly enough, right after we did that, we I, it was all over the internet, which is just funny because that happens to us all the time, and people are just it's just the way it works today. But this person saying, you know, many reports suggest that what happened in Maui was more than just wildfires. It appears directed energy weapons were used, and of course, one saying that this was in Maui that it was directed energy weapons, and there, you know, the and the community note says, nope, it was 2018 in Kenner. But I just fill it up and says it was from four years ago. I also think there's some oddities, but posting it like this clearly isn't meant to imply it's from Maui, which is how everybody's taken it. Spiro falls up and says, thanks for calling this BS out. But it's, it's, it's everywhere. People are sharing these same kind of things. Here's an, here's an example. Kanoa is pointing out a video of, of just you know, what happened there. And this person falls up and says, Maui was attacked. Same video. And, I, and, you know, and then, oh, here, there it is. Look at that. Actual footage on site. Well, I wonder where they got that. <laughs> You mean the video that Shelby shared with us from somebody she lived next to? I wonder where they got it from. And somebody just dumps their name right in the front of it. Like, there's so many gross people out there. And we didn't write direct energy weapons on that. It's just disgusting, isn't it? There's gross people trying to, you know, take advantage. Now, I'm not even trying to say that's this person. They may not have known, but you should have done your due diligence. Check stuff. The point is, that's also, again, being shared, not true. Here's the full video if you want to watch it. It is, it is very strange. Now, my point is right there, that could be a transformer. It does. It is what it looks like. But there's a point right over here, right there, where it appears to me to kind of jump between an area where there is no transformer. But I could be wrong. That's all I pointed out when I showed this. But it still seems like a strange looking thing. Now, that being said, here's other versions of this. This person shares this. It says, if the fires in Hawaii were natural, what the hell is this? Well... It's from 2018, not in Hawaii, in Michigan. Now, I'm not saying that because Community Note said so. I'm saying that because I look into these before those even popped up. But that is the truth. And this person says, well, I've seen these photos enough today, and while the damage in Hawaii does look like dues, like this is the kind of thing that I'm doing. Like, well, I could argue that that's certainly possible, but let's not lie about stuff, right? This is from a rocket. Oh, actually, there's one from a rocket launch. Uh, this one, which one was it? There's the bottom line is, oh, the one from Michigan. This one is a rocket launch from 2018 as well. This was also circulating, which is fake. And I can, it's a CGI manipulation of what they say is a, a do, which just looks like a bomb, quite frankly. But one thing you'll notice, it's a pretty crazy video. The bomb goes off. You'll see in a second. Crazy, right? 
Well, there's two things to point out. One is that if they were that close to that bomb, they would all be dead. And secondly, that you'll notice the flag is not even moving. It's CGI. And it's very, people that I've, it, you, you can look under those, not this one, but people posting it. And there's plenty of experts going, I can prove, here's one reason why I can tell, there's another reason. But this stuff is floating around. There's probably not even a new video. But everyone jumps in and goes, and it could be that they know it's fake and don't care. Or it could be that they just don't do their due diligence and they don't realize. But that's, either way, that's your fault. This person says, oh, here, this says, here's a video of an actual, actual direct energy weapon in Chile. And oh, oh, this one, oh, you know what? This was the point, people pointing it out. The point is that this, there's two ways. There's one thing to point out is that people are arguing it's a direct energy weapon. I have this in out of order, actually, but because somebody's sharing this thing. Look, it's in Hawaii. I think it's right here. Anyway, then we'll come back to it. The point is that this person, and I do agree with this, that these things, you could argue this is what it looks like because it's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you look at it right there. That looks like something's hitting it, but any photography expert will tell you you can get the exact same look from a flare, a lens flare. So there's a flash of light and it causes a lens flare. We know that's true. I'm not saying we know that's what that is. But on top of that, this is from Chile from 2000, uh, where is it? I forget the date on there, but I'll show you another example. This person just simply, you know, lens flare, but this person saying it's a, it's a do. Well, there's a lot of hype, hype, you know, people saying things they can't prove. Here's a classic example of somebody who's constantly saying things that they can't prove. Looks like DARPA created a new type of fire that can roll across pavement and only burns. Oh, except it's not, though. Except it's from 2022. And it's in Ohio, and it's, it's uh, mulch that caught on fire on the ground in high winds. Which, again, it's not because Community Notes said that. It's because you can easily verify this stuff for yourself. I guess he didn't care to do that. That's something that's not really a good characteristic for a journalist, right? Maybe you should check things before you share them, but it doesn't matter because it's really just about tapping into the momentum and getting a lot of attention for it. Here's somebody who simply posted something that I'm seeing circulate all over the place as if it was from them, Hawaii Update, and it says, I just got out of a meeting where I was informed about somebody. Okay, maybe, maybe, except though this person says, well, if you just search for the first two lines, what you'll find is interesting. Oh, look. I guess all of these people just got out of a meeting and they all seem to know that it was. <laughs> I just got out of a meeting where I was informed by somebody in the mayor's office. Everyone? Apparently, they were all in a meeting with the mayor. Or they're all regurgitating and citing what they don't haven't checked because it turns out this doesn't even appear to be real. This is using a video from somebody else that was there and they're saying, I, I haven't confirmed whether it's real or not, but I, neither have they, is the point, because it's being regurgitated and it seems to have stemmed from somebody who deleted it already. This guy. This is a pretty prominent account, but he posted this, and it says, I just got out of a meeting where I was informed by someone in the mayor's office about developments that are being kept from the public. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to make trouble, but here's what I've heard. The amount of fatalities is expected to be more than 500, but less than 1,000. Now, what's interesting is that seems to be what a lot of people are saying. That's usually how these things work. Many of the fatalities will be children who are, and it just goes on and states a lot of things that could be true. And it uses a video from somebody who apparently is not. We, this video was out before this. I've shown you this right when this started. It's somebody who was in there while the fires were going on in the water. So it's interesting that they would have cited to this, but this person then deleted that tweet. But it was cited by Mr. Peters here. Not only in the U.S. government using DARPA tech to perpetuate arson and trigger fire sales from valuable Hawaiian ocean products, but they're burning children alive to accomplish their scam. Now, did you check that? Or is it just text on Twitter? So we're going to say it because it works for us. Yeah, maybe we should think about that. Because this is quite disgusting to use people's suffering to promote yourself. You can search for this for yourself and realize how far this goes back. 
and how many people are citing that same Nikola 3, even though he's already deleted that. Or this one, that's provably a rocket launch. It is. You can look this up. It's been around. At the very least, you can prove this image is from long before right now. Here's another one. Let's get to the truth and not what they're telling us. Ooh, big red circle. Looks like somebody shot that with a weapon, except you can very easily prove that that is not what was shot. And that image is from not what they're... I mean, it's just so frustrating, isn't it? That we even have to go through this. Now, again, I, I posted this before that community guide, community note was there. But it's saying the image has been altered. That's what I found, too, before that was ever posted. And you can look. And Spiro following up saying, yes, call it out. Right, this this is a video that happened in the in a Hawaiian location, but the point is you can see based on the original photo that was shared that that's not there's no laser there. It was altered. Again, I'm not the one saying that there's not possible. I'm in fact arguing aggressively that it is possible. But we also have to be honest. There is far too much of this going on today, guys. And it stems back to a lot of very similar people that have gigantic followings that I guess nobody cares about. Now, I'm in no way saying that people should be censored, ever. You have a right to lie. But I find it very telling that Twitter is all about suppressing very real content today while allowing things like this to flourish. When both of them should be allowed, right? Obviously, especially if they're suppressing the things that are most important. But to end today, I want to make sure you check out Really Graceful's outstanding video, it's, it's really well done. In fact, she, like, she opened up some doors that I hadn't seen in regard to, like I said, the electromagnetic force, the electromagnetic uh, power kind of direction of this very location on Maui. Now, I feel like that's going to become very relevant as we dig further into this. But she just has, always does great work. So make sure you check it out. And I appreciate her including the point about where these locations are. I think it's a very, I do think it's important. So make sure you check that out. She really does do good work. And then Scott just put up a frontline report of the Maui fires and relief efforts. Shelby Thomas, this includes our interview, but as well as other information going on. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe to our Substack to support the platform. And I'm going to play this video for you because I, I always love these videos. This is from, uh, what was it called? The, the, Juice, the Juice Media from Australia. And it, it just highlights in a you know humorous way the horrible reality of what excuse me, got the hiccups all of a sudden, happened in Hawaii before this. We just don't seem to consider in this country. And I'll end with those last two points. Hawaii, home to a shitload of over-commodified wonders. Waikiki, Waimea, whitewashing, this bullshit, and of course, Jurassic Park. As well as to America's least known military occupation. That's right, hordes of tourists visit every year. But sadly, few experience the real Hawaii. A sovereign nation illegally occupied by the USA since 1893, when a bunch of rich American businessmen overthrew the world-recognized Kingdom of Hawaii in a coup. Just like we did in Iraq, except in Hawaii, we never withdrew our troops. Instead, we built stacks of permanent military bases. And think about what the people there think, guys. That's what I'm telling you is for their perspective. They're not part. They don't see themselselves by and large as Americans. I mean, do you think Iraqi or do you think in Iraq they think that or any other occupied territory? They don't. But we pretend that's the case because it's a very, very, very valuable military property for the United States government. To annex the territory without a treaty. Sure, native Hawaiians protested, but zero fucks were given. And we made Hawaii the 50th state of... 
So President Trump was right about one thing. Technically, Obama was not born in America, but in a foreign country illegally occupied by the USA. Today, each island offers a unique flavor of occupation for you to come and enjoy. Oahu, where tourists and military occupations work together in perfect harmony, plaguing the land and driving natives into poverty. Kauai, where Mark Zuckerberg is continuing the tradition of rich American businessmen pushing natives off their lands. Or why not just buy a whole island like this rich howler prick did on Lanai? That is so, in- I mean, that really breaks my heart. Like the idea that they can, I mean, people live there, guys. That you could just buy an entire island and apparently he's on the record saying he's going to turn it into a playground for the rich. This is colonialization. Still happening in real time. They're exploiting people's lives. It really is. It's incredibly sad. And it's just, it's all coming back around now. It seems like we're just we're going back into the era of, of authoritarian top-down lead. I mean, they used to pretend they weren't that, but they were. Now they're just coming right back out. World Economic Forum, globalization, where they're, as Matt Eric put it, they are deciding to step back into the light. They've always been there. They're just going, you know what? We have the right to rule. We always have. We want to step back out and keep ruling. That's what it feels like. Maui, where rivers diverted to sugar farms have deprived natives of access to water. There you go. That's important. That's the whole point about what they've done that creates the circumstances that cause these fires. Whether, you could, whether that's by design or not, that's what happens, and it's not by accident. Molokai, where Monsanto is occupying the land with genetically modified crops. Kahol, or whatever. The sacred island we bombed so hard for target practice, we even cracked its water table. And finally, Big Island, where we plan to ram the world's biggest telescope right yep. into the summit of Mauna Kea. The- we just talked, we talked about that a couple years ago. That's real. Oh, and I should have stopped. I'll let it finish. She's making the great point. But realize the kind of things they're talking about taking a one of the most sacred locations on all of the islands and just making it a telescope because they want to. Nobody wants that there. They don't care. Right into the summit of Mauna Kea, the native's most sacred mountain. Visit Hawaii, the country you never even knew we were occupying. Authorized by the Department of Military Occupations disguised as tourist destinations. <laughs> uh, you, know, you can't help but laugh because it's so disgusting, you know, but it's it just... That's the truth. It's not hard to see. But if you listen to Stephen Dongzinger over here, it's apparently all climate change, right? Can't you tell by the burned cars? Mr. President, might be finally time to declare a climate emergency? Well, guess that's coming, guys. Whether you want it or not, no matter how dumb and ridiculously un- untrue, they, they point at whatever they want. We've already shown you actual political agendas to use whether to justify this. We've talked with the person. I mean, there's experts all over the place telling you this is a lie. Nobody cares because it's all about an agenda. And maybe, just maybe, that's part of what's happening here. If you can't consider that, then you're lying to yourself because it is absolutely possible. And as Dr. Malone points out, two Princeton MIT studies say EPA climate regulations based on a hoax. You can read it for yourself. Right? But I guess these two Princeton MIT scientists are a couple conspiracy theorists, anti-science conspiracy theorists, right? Because that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Just shut up and go back to sleep. Thank you for tuning in, guys. It's There's a lot of really crazy things happening, but I think the point is, as always, that there's so much good in the world, you all here, and so many people pointing this stuff out that they're, the powers that be are aware how obvious this is right now. How can they not be? How do you think that doesn't at least to some degree concern them? So they push back even harder. I think that's very real. It doesn't mean we are, if we don't stay the course, 
will lose that momentum. But I'm telling you right now, if you can find the courage to look past these ridiculous artificial party lines, there are more people on your side than you could possibly realize. So just pull away from that. Wake up from the two-party illusion and just find common ground with the other people who are being stepped on, the other people who are being robbed, because it's happening to all of us, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Keep fighting. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us.